Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. You're listening to Denver Orbit, featuring voices. I'm going to give you an awkwardly long and uncomfortable list of reasons why you shouldn't shave outside. Stories. Now, he was very outspoken about the effects of, of war on himself. The music from Colorado's creative community. Listen at DenverOrbit.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or most other podcast apps. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hey, this is Adventure Lounge. My name's Jagger. And I'm Zach. And we're on Real Nerds. Come check out the awesome crossover episode. This is Real Nerds Podcast. That was really loud. <laughs> My God. You Welcome did. back, James. Oh, Special wow. guest this week, James Hart. God damn. Oh, <laughs> sorry. My life is blowing up still. How was your move? Oh, it was great. I paid for movers this time. Isn't it, was it the best? Heavenly. Yes. Isn't it the best? I was still exhausted at the end of the day, though, and I don't know why. Like, they were done, and they moved everything to the right floor of the house, and, and we both just sat. Like, I plugged the TV in, because that's what you do first. Absolutely. Um, and then we sat there and watched baking shows all night, because we were like, I'm just so tired. Yeah. Uh, it no, was exhausting. Moving's the most stressful thing in the world. Yeah, especially right before Christmas. Like, yeah. fuck me. Oh, it was yep. a terrible idea. I Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's, that's all right. It's better now, but literally, I mean, it's been a week since we moved. And it feels like we moved yesterday because we were out of town for Christmas and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, uh, yeah. it was stressful and awful. But thanks. but hey, you know what? You don't have to do it that often. Right. I own it. And when I blow the whole kitchen away and put in a new one, like the money will stay there. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and it'll be worth more. And it'll be your kitchen. And you don't yeah. have to ask anybody what you want to do to the kitchen. Well, that's not true. I have to ask Brooks what I want to do with the kitchen. James, the question is over there. <laughs> you, could, you could be like my house where my wife just tells me that's what we're doing. And, yeah. you know, that's oh, how that, it goes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I say, hey, pick out how you would like the kitchen to be so I can explode it. And then she mm -hmm. picks stuff out. <laughs> Not me. My wife says she wants things. And I go, oh, how are we going to do that? Then her dad just does it for me. So I'm like, awesome. Dude, that's great. Yeah. Have your dad blow up my kitchen. He will. Oh, man. You'll be all like, I want this tile here, and then he'll just do it on his own. Oh, man. All right. Our bathroom, I never asked him to. Well, Laura said she wanted to, like, make it nicer. So he custom made the sink, custom made the drawers. Uh, what? And I came home one day. I'm like, all right. Well, 
See you later. <laughs> you don't need to ask him. He just wanders in with a hammer going, it needs my attention. And then yeah. just walks to the area. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's that home renovating show that I don't know anything about that I've never seen, but everybody likes. And is indefinitely on TLC. Yes. Yeah. With the two brother dudes. Yeah. It's called Two Brothers. Two Brother two Dudes. Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the awesomest name ever. Uh, in case you're wondering, we're Real Nerds Podcast. And every week on Real Nerds, we go see a new movie and pro- podcast our experience to the world. <laughs> this week, we saw Mary Poppins Returns. And stay tuned to the end of the show. We'll tell you if you should see it or not, then play the trailer, and then we will talk about the film. Probably spoil it. Um, you should see it. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. I got. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, rusty. Uh, we also, you know, uh, I didn't introduce anybody else. Brad, what's up? Hey, what's up? Zach. Yo. Henry. Hello. Henry's in the flesh. Wow. I, I want to point out, I think this is the first time that all of us have been in the room at the same time since, like, the five-year film explosion. Well, te- <laughs> technically my wedding, but yes. yes. Well, I can yeah, touch you. But for, like, podcast purposes. We didn't podcast your wedding like I wanted to. Oh, yes. man, that would be great. And here comes the flower girl. She's walking down the aisle. She's going to be passing out petals. Oh, no. The bridesmaid just fell. That didn't happen. I made it more exciting by... Adding oh, my the, radio voice. Oh, oh the humanity. Yes. <laughs> As everybody's Christmas. This is the day after Christmas. I got the Dick Van Dyke show on Blu-ray. Oh, that's the greatest Christmas gift you could ever get. Yeah, it's really great. Thanks, Mom. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome, Carol. That's a great gift. Yep. That's Man, really I love good. the Dick Van Dyke show. I've been watching it. Yeah? You know, I never talk about it when I watch it because I mean, I talk about it all right. the time. But yeah, it's yeah. one of those shows I just randomly plug in. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, I'll watch season one, disc three today. <laughs> you just randomly well, grab a disc? Why because not? that's one thing great about Dick Van Dyke Show, too. Is there matter. some continuity to it? Yeah. But most of the episodes are self-contained. Yeah. So you can just plug the in. The only continuity plug is the, play. F- the further into the show you pick, the better chance you have that, that the sun isn't in the episode. <laughs> um, and that'd be great. Well, there's a great there, there's a great episode. I don't know if it's maybe season two where you, they explain his middle name that's a fun oh, yeah. one rosebud yeah yeah it's a great show yeah blu-ray yeah. set's awesome uh-huh dick van dyke hell of a guy <laughs> he is pretty great <laughs> um maybe we'll uh, talk about him later i don't know we'll see. i don't know everybody else's christmas okay everyone else is like everybody yeah. okay everyone seems really down no, well, yeah, i'm no. getting over being sick so. oh dude <laughs> i had a 102 degree fever on oh, shit. friday mm-hmm. gross I woke up on Friday and I felt like I was going to hurl. Uh, let me backtrack. On Sunday, Kellen woke up and threw up all over me. Oh. And I was like, oh. And you God. became a zombie. Adorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I swear to God, if that fucking kid gets me sick. And so on Friday. Did you say it like that? Yes. I swear to God. <laughs> I, I said it like Clint Eastwood in a, in a revenge movie. Um, so if you'd like to know. Um, my sister's husband's family, mm-hmm. they're sick. So I got it from them. I gave it to you Damn. and Zach. So you're like zero patient. No, no, you're... No, they're patient zero. They pass it to you. Yeah. You're like the infected who you're, just spread it. patient one. I'm patient <laughs> one among the real nerds. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, and I still... Like, my throat is still sore. Yeah. And I... So on Friday, I woke up and I felt like I was going to hurl all day long. And I'm like, man, I feel like shit. And I didn't want to eat anything. So I didn't want to throw up. And so I got home and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see Mary Poppins. Fuck it. And I sat down and my wife looks at me. She's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I said, I'm not only, I think I have a fever. She put a thermometer. I had a 102 degree fever. Jesus. Wait, your wife just carries a thermometer? Oh, kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and my wife, have you seen her 
Probably not. We have this medicine basket yeah. that I don't even know what's all in there. She's like, here, take this. So she's probably doping me up and I don't even know it. Oh. <laughs> um, no, that's like me. I have one of those. Yeah. And uh, so I I started feeling better on Saturday um, and I was okay. Uh, my friend Brandon left on Sunday. So I took him to the airport on Sunday night and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see Mary Poppins anyway. I don't give a shit. And um, yeah, it's awful. And then, you know, I work every day and um, yeah, you had to work on Christmas. Yeah, so I did on Christmas. I work and you're like, oh man, who's what's what problems could there possibly be on Christmas? All of them. Every problem. Did, hey, G- Jimmy stole my truck. Did you guys, if you get in a car accident, is your first response to point a gun at somebody? Yes. No. Okay. Well then you'd fit right into what I had to do on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> they, these guys like rubbed bumpers on the highway. And so they pulled over. And the one guy in the car from behind is like, oh, man, I accidentally hit this guy. I better get out and get his insurance information so we can exchange it. So the guy, like, walks up, and the dude in the other car, like, points a gun at him. Natural response, right? Wow. Man. That's the fourth time this year I've been on the highway because, A, someone cut someone off and pointed a gun at him. B, an old guy ran through a stop sign and was had a flip phone. And he held it up like so. I'm uh, for people listening at home. I'm lifting up my right arm and I'm moving through a stop sign, so it looks like I'm like tracking someone. And the guy's like, "He pulled a gun on me." And it's like some 80 year old dude trying to use his track phone. Um, <laughs> and and the dude who reports like, "I know a gun when I see one." Mm. Do you? <laughs> but do you know a Star Trek phaser? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, so what's the consequence of like the, the guy who? got hit in the bumper like and then pointed the gun like okay so let me ask you a question okay let's say i, I arrive on scene and i detain the guy with the gun because um you know he has a gun that's uh, confused about it okay. there's still yeah. like what five minutes like yeah it's weird yeah so i i detain the guy and i come up to you and i say hi sir uh did he point a gun at you uh yes did you feel fear in, were you threatened i mean a gun was in my face i felt threatened Okay, perfect. Uh, sir, I'm going to go ahead and be arresting you for uh, felony menacing because this gentleman thought his life was in imminent danger. Right. Yep. Now, what and, happens, and his wasn't. What happens when you run into a badass and like it's two badasses? So they mm-hmm. like, say, like, hey, are you threatening? He goes, like, hell no. I'm never scared of guns. Well, the, <laughs> the, 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 you know, you say that. There's no crime then. Oh, hey. True. <laughs> because but, but the important thing is who pays for the damage to the car? So the dude who hits from behind, the, the accident's his fault. Right. However, let me add a new twist to this. Um, the dude who had the gun was drinking. So right. uh, he got arrested by state patrol for DUI. And there's also a charge called prohibitive use of firearm. You cannot be intoxicated and use a firearm. Wow, shocker. On an innocent person, uh, which yeah. is a good law. So, uh, uh, so to answer your question, the people. Well, you don't people even have to use it on a person. So No, I just mean yeah. I, that making it worse. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he wasn't using it to scare a dog away, no. which would also be illegal while yeah, yeah. drunk. Yeah. He was using it, it towards a person. It, and the guy's like, well, I felt way. intimidated when he walked up to me. So your first response is to pull a gun out? <laughs> See, here's the thing. Where, is, did you feel intimidated because you were slashed? My whole job is to protect the Constitution. Colorado... United States. Yeah. However, you don't. You shouldn't be an irresponsible gun owner. Right. That's my advice. I don't care if you own a gun. Just don't be irresponsible. If someone cuts you off or takes your parking spot, pointing a gun at them is probably not the proper response. Nope. nope. So, yeah. And then I dealt with um, people wanting to... What? I'm sorry. So, so the guy walks up and gets the gun pointed at him. <laughs> and then he's just like... He just backs off. Yeah, backs back up car, and, calls and calls you. Us, yeah. 
And then he just sits there, and the other guy just sits there for yep. like five minutes, uh, was not it, doing yeah, anything. It was like three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Walked it was, I'm it was, surprised he didn't try to pull away. Like I would. The, I know. I the, thought the first guy would drive yeah, off instantly. Well, the the best part of it is it happened near Georgetown, and so there's only one other oh, officer on. That's why. So I had to. Fuck that I had to cover, so I got to drive really fast for a really long time. Nice. Cool. And then when people don't move, I change the siren. It goes. <laughs> and then they get really. <laughs> then they get really scared, and their car jerks over. And <laughs> it's the little things, guys. Uh, it's the little things. Well, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So that's what I did on Christmas. Cool. Crazy and, times. And, you know, people being stupid. Yeah. Yep. It was like Thanksgiving. Like some dude beat up some dude because he was trying to pass him on the side of the road on a bike. I don't know why. Man, but like four years from now, it'll be great. You'll have Thanksgiving and Christmas off. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, the one thing I don't mind about working them is I get paid time and a half. Ooh. Plus an additional eight hours. Yeah. Because if you don't work them in the city, because uh, I'm a city employee, so I work for the government. Yeah. And so everyone, if there's a scheduled day off passed by city council, all those people who don't work get paid. Yeah. If I work, I still get paid and for the time. holiday. Yeah. Plus, oh, I get yeah. get holiday pay. So it's not a bad gig. That's pretty good. And it's really awesome is when um you get your check and they take out $1,400 in taxes. And you're like, oh. Son of a bitch. I was paying for everybody else to stay off. <laughs> I was. When you make an extra $100 and you're like, hmm. But they in turn were paying for my day off and they were paying for his day off. And then you get really excited at the end of the year and you file your taxes and you still owe money. <laughs> like, how is this possible? Mm. I don't know. He's, He's going to go to the White House and fight for us. I know. I am so stoked that that, uh, that tax cut mm. passed because mm. I think I make like two more dollars a pay period. It's really made a difference in my me. in my life. Meanwhile, some CEOs getting an extra million dollars a year. I know. Probably. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, yeah. He's working really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> that is true. Um, we also talk about movies that are coming out uh, <laughs> on Blu-ray, movie news. Current politics. Politics. Sometimes. You never know. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Um, huge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we do all that. Yeah, things. we do all that stuff and more. It's just been a long time. Thanks yeah. for delaying this one. I, I really tried to rally on uh, Friday. It was not happening. Oh, I, I was out of town still fair in in Fairplay until yesterday, so I was glad. Ryan, if we couldn't have you on the Mary Poppins episode, I was going to come on the next week as Walt Disney and do a dumb review. Oh, so. awesome! And thank God you came. You know, Zach texted me. He's like, you know, he wanted to uh. talk about cosplaying through Disneyland as Walt Disney. I actually think that'd be a genius. Just like dress up as Walt. Oh, yeah. And then I, just I walk had, around. I had everybody would see you and go, Disney, Walt, what, what, what happened, man? Like, I, I wanted to go around there going like, I built that, damn it. I built that, damn it. But then Brian pointed out he probably wouldn't have said, damn it. I'm like. That's right. Consarn it. I built that. That's right. It'd be way more fun if you like feigned ignorance. So like, yeah, just excuse pretend. Me, sir, like, can I get your 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 signature <laughs> photo with you? Like, excuse me. Like, yeah, you're, you're Walt Disney, right? Like, no, no. This this is my mustache. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, these are my. This is me just walking around with the Mickey Mouse. <laughs> these are my slack pants. No, I mean, I'm a young Colonel hair. Sanders. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, I wanted to actually have him go through Star Wars land, though, and could be like, what the hell is a Star War? What's a Marvel? <laughs> I didn't create Star Wars. <laughs> what are these blue cats doing here? I didn't make those. I don't think anyone knows what the blue cats are doing there. <laughs> well, now that they, you know, they own it, now it's just You know what? I want to gravy. Just, or point out what things are missing, like, where's Frontierland? Where's those happy Indians and cowboys? Like, 
Uh, it'd were be the fun. Indians ever happy? I, I, no, no, they weren't. That's, <laughs> Frontierland's that's the still there. Yeah, Frontierland's still there. See, I'm trying to find a way to go next year. Oh, sure. Tom Sawyer Island's still I, there. I, Everything's great. Yeah. If I can't leave... Yeah, Tom Sawyer Island, I, I don't know if it's open yet, but... It is. is. I think they opened some of it, it back yeah. up? Okay. Is the ferry still Yeah, it was, it was only closed because of Star Wars Land being built. Uh, they didn't, cause they didn't want you to ferry past the construction of Star Wars Land. They didn't want <laughs> um, me to Because they rerouted all the rivers of America to make room for Star Wars Land. Oh, okay. So. Much like in real life where we've rerouted the rivers of commerce to make room for Star Wars. That was actually very apt. Good job, yeah. Zach. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm retiring I'm excited. now. <laughs> like they just released that oh, yeah. behind-the-scenes footage. I'm like, oh, that's I just want to awesome. go stand under the Millennium Falcon, and then I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I'm good. Well, yeah. I, I was reading that the hotel there, they actually is part of your experience in Star Wars Land where... The hotel will yeah. like say, "Hey, how was Tatooine today?" and mm-hmm. silly stuff like that. Hot That's- as balls. And you go, "I was at Disneyland. What are you talking about?" <laughs> I was on Hoth. Uh, excuse me, I was on Jakku. Get it right, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> no one was going back to Jakku. <laughs> yep, that was a That's cool what we do. We'll That's what we do. <laughs> what are so- we doing first? <laughs> Same thing we do all the time. We jump on a double decker bus. We go around town with Brad. <laughs> It's red and it goes around town. It's twice as high for twice as many friends. It's Brad around town in a double-decker bus. (laughs) You thought they were in England, but they're in Denver. But they still serve tea and crumpets whilst showing down to Nabby. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Brad, just stop, just start talking. Just start talking. I want to congratulate you on upgrading your moped to a double-decker bus. I think that's pretty impressive. So. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving up in the world. His moped's a transformer. Moving on up. <laughs> no. Moving on up. To the east uh yeah, so the Esquire is still closed, so there's no Miss Barth Midnight. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's womp, just do catching womp, the classes with womp. Corinne then. Did yeah. they? So what happened? Like I saw one article, but like what was? Like, I think their water main broke uh, and flooded the place, and so landmark theaters has to come in and come renovate. In mm. Wow! In the city. As long as they're actually renovate and not just say, "Well, sure, we'll renovate," and then four months later, it's closed. Yeah, that, that was yeah. my fear, but they they insist they'll be back. Didn't they say it's closed indefinitely? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it could sign. stay closed. Yeah. Um, I did not know that theater was originally called the Hiawatha. Now I know that. Yeah. Oh, and knowing's half the battle. It was originally <laughs> one screen, <laughs> and then they built the second screen on this in yeah. the balcony. So. And Brad's oh, favorite cool. place was born. Yeah, man. That's too bad. Back. <laughs> Between that and the Mayan, I actually like the Esquire more. So I. I hope they fix it. Well, the, without the Esquire, I don't know where we're going to do our best of uh, for the 48s each year because oh, yeah, there's a certain amount of like cost-effective to seat amount <laughs> ratio that uh, only that theater seems to, seems to provide. So We can just do it at my house. I'm sure that's enough room, right? Yeah. People can sit on the bed over there. <laughs> yeah. So, catching the classics? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Corinne. Let's play it. Hey, nerds. Corinne here for part nine of Catching the Classics, where I watch famous and popular movies I've never seen before and send in my review. This week, I tackled The Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I got a lot to talk about with this movie, obviously. First of all, obviously, it's it's like when I watched Jurassic Park. Like, it's so pervasive in pop culture. 
I just knew too much about it. I knew a lot of the big moments, a lot of the famous lines. I've seen plenty of parodies of this movie, or at least different moments of it. So just keep that in mind. Um, and also, it's one of those movies that's talked about constantly. It's number two on IMDb, so it really could have never lived up to the hype. Um, so that's the first caveat. The second caveat is that I have only seen it the once, obviously, and I haven't seen part two yet. So potentially could change my viewing, my opinion of it after I see part two. And I've heard part three is bad, so don't watch it. So potentially somewhere down the road, I'll probably watch part two. So let me say what I liked about this movie first, and then I'll move on to my criticisms of it. So... I liked all the performances are great. Michael or like Al Pacino playing Michael is just phenomenal. Um, and Marlon Brando, I thought he was going to come off as kind of cartoonish because they've seen so many parodies of his character, but I really liked it. And um, also like Robert Duvall is in this movie. Like I never knew Robert Duvall was in the Godfather. Um, so he was kind of the silent MVP award or, uh, you know, the Boo Radley Award, if you will. And so, yeah, it, it the performances are great. It looks good. I, I like kind of the feel and the look of it, where it's kind of like transitioning out of old Hollywood, but it still kind of has some of that, um, like, graininess and kind of dusty color to it. So it feels kind of like from the old country sort of thing. Um, I like that. I like that it was set in, like, the 40s and 50s and not in the 70s when it came out. So that was good, too. Um, okay. Let me move on to my biggest criticism of this movie, because I could talk about a, a lot about what I have problems with. But I'll just boil it down to, I don't think this movie does its character arcs very well. I think Vito gets a really good arc, but the problem is, is it comes at the expense of Michael's arc. And Michael is the main character of this movie. Like, really, we should have gotten a better arc from Michael. And either Vito's should have been earlier in the movie, or it should have been not given as much emphasis or something. I think this movie's trying to do too much. It either should have been more focused on Vito... And then maybe, like, at the end, you could focus on Michael, and then, like, that could lead into part two. Or it should have been more focused on Michael, because he's not in the first 40 minutes of the movie, really. And when he's there, he's just spouting exposition. But then Vito dies, like, 45 minutes left in the movie. And, yeah, I just, I, I'm very frustrated, because I think there's, like, a there's a couple of big scenes missing from Michael's arc, and I think the one that I, I'm thinking of, so he's in Italy and Apollonia dies in the car explosion. And then when we next see him, he's going to talk to Kay. And just like the audience, Kay is surprised that, oh, wait, you know, Michael's been back for like a whole year and he's just now coming to talk to her and he's been involved in his father's business and also he needs her for some reason. Like, I felt like there were some scenes missing before that. When did he come back? Why did he get involved in his father's business? Because he had kind of not been really involved in it before, or he was, but only because um, Vito had been shot. So it's like, 
why did he get involved? Did he want to get involved? Did Vito ask him, hey, because Sonny's dead and Freddie's in Las Vegas, like, I need your help? Whose idea was it? Was Michael reluctant to come into the business? Did he want to? Like, was he kind of, like, gung-ho for it? Like, I needed more of his transformation because Vito gets a pretty nice arc. It's gradual and it's organic and, like, it's not that radical, but Michael's arc is very radical and by comparison, it's not as organic, it's not as well executed... I think a lot of it is implied and not shown, and it's believable, but it's not earned, in my opinion. He just, you know, he's even more brutal and vicious than his father and his brother were, and you, I, I needed, instead of the movie yada yada him into the business, and then kind of showing his transition into being the Don, I wish the movie would have showed us his transition from coming back from exile in Italy to becoming a part of his father's operation and then maybe kind of yada yada him into becoming the Don because we've seen a lot of those stories of like absolute power corrupts absolutely and I think once you see him um like if you just had a scene with him and Vito where Michael's like you know I I want to come into the business I can't let any more my people close to me die like, the, we need to protect the family, then that, that would have given me the motivation that I needed from him to be a part of the family, to be a part of the, the business and everything. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it wasn't, like, bad. It was worth watching. Um, but, yeah, like I said, the the more the longer it went on, the more frustrating it was. And it was just really annoying that so much of this movie, I felt like there were a lot of parts of it that could have been trimmed, like some of the scenes at the wedding or at the funeral with people throwing flowers on the grave. This movie is like 50% weddings, funerals, and baptisms, so you could have trimmed some of the stuff out of it. Or like the scene where um, that guy goes to shoot the other guy and that, you know, the leave the gun, take the cannoli, like... They could have trimmed that scene out and it would have been just fine. There were a lot of things in there. It's like, why are you having all these things that don't matter and then you don't have the things that do? That's why I'm so frustrated with this movie. It's three freaking hours and there's still scenes missing. So, I don't get it. I don't get why people think this movie is the greatest. I know it's like, you know, very influential and obviously like it kind of started off this whole like mobster gangster thing but it's just very frustrating to watch it in hindsight and just see some of the flaws with it I think my opinion um and I'll I'll be the one I'm gonna duck down when I say it but I think they could remake this movie and it would be a lot better oh duck for cover um it's I mean, I I mean, I think that it would be kind of like, you know, if I had grown up with The Godfather and people were like, we're going to remake it, a lot of people would be really upset, just like the way I would be upset if somebody's like, we're going to remake Casablanca. But since I didn't grow up with The Godfather and I'm coming at it a little bit more objectively than some people, I can see where things could be improved. And also, like, those 70s fight and gore effects are really, really bad. So... 
it could be updated and you it would be a arguably a better movie. So mm, Godfather, I'm gonna give it three and a half stars out of five. Um I liked it better than Scarface, but I didn't like it as much as the Green Mile. And both of those are three hours long, so I think that's pretty comparable. So for next week, um might do The Shining? We'll see. There's a bunch of movies on Netflix that I have yet to watch, and they're going to go off at the end of this month. So it might be The Shining, but don't be surprised if it's something else. So I hope you guys enjoyed Mary Poppins Returns, and I will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Uh, uh, I feel really bad for Corinne, because she needs to pick some good movies to watch. Yeah, you know, cause... I've never been impressed with the Godfather movies. I They're, like, they're good, yeah, but I I just never could get into them. I, there's something about yeah. like, I like three and a one. half hour long dramas that I just can't get into. I think if, to me it it suffers from some of the same problems that I have with you know almost every Martin Scorsese movie where like I watch it and I just don't care about anybody, um, mm-hmm. which is fine. I'm more mean, man. She don't watch The Shining next week. No, watch literally anything else. I have a yeah. recommendation for you if you want something. The Lost Weekend won uh, Best Picture. It was one of the f- earlier films won the Best Picture, and it's a very good film that no one ever talks about. Yeah, there you with go. Raymond Land. I bet that's better than The Shining. It's about drinking. <laughs> um, when did you yeah. watch it recently? Did you watch it recently? I, a while ago, I did a kick where I watched all the Best Picture winners. And so oh, 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 nice. Yeah. No, that's a good film, The Lost Weekend. Brad, um, you said you got sucked in by The Godfather recently. Are you a fan of The Godfather films? Yeah, I think they're good movies, but you know, it's definitely like you kind of got to plan your night for it. Yeah. yeah. And I like the third one. I am it, you know, aesthetically, it's a little probably it's jarring because it's modern. I think it is like set in 1990, um, but I don't know. It's kind of the same story for the third time. Mm. Yeah. I I like it, but I don't like I don't revere it enough to go back to it every year. So yeah, it's one of those things too. I always struggle with because I don't consider myself a traditional movie lover. So, you know, stuff, The Godfather, Shawshank Redemption, while they're good movies, well, aren't, aren't, well, according to IMDb, like, aren't movies that I need to watch, and I don't think it's the best movie ever. I'm just saying, I don't want to put Shawshank Redemption, which I think is a great film, maybe not the best film of all time, but a great film in the same bucket as Godfather, which I think is kind of boring, and it's canon. Like, in the same way that, like, you're in English class, and they make you read Lord of the yeah, Flies, yeah, 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 and you're yeah, like, yeah. this is stodgy and boring. Yes. That's it, what The Godfather feels yeah. like. I agree 100%. Like, and it's not that it wasn't really important at the time, and that there's not really good stuff there, and it's not a way to make film. Like, it's all those things. But it's just kind of stodgy and boring. It's interesting to think that that's the least interesting thing Francis Ford Coppola's made is The Godfather, right. any of The Godfather films. Yeah, it's like the most... Almost everything else he's made is more interesting than those films. Yeah. Uh, at least weirder. Weirder. Um, no, well, no... G- because those other ones are, like, far from what everyone else considers perfect. Sure. Yeah. And so, like, you look at whether it's The Outsiders or Apocalypse Now or even his Twix movie, Twixt. That's what it's not Twixt. Twixt. Yeah. Twixt. Like, they're all different and unique. Or Grand Stroke Dracula, even. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like the Godfather films. Like, I can't defend the third one, but I like the last, like, literally five minutes of that film where it's all one big montage. And I'm like, that's what the whole movie should have been was just one short film. (laughs) (laughs) Godfather Part 3 is just a clip show of the previous two. No, it's just a clip show of, spoiler alert, Michael Corleone dies at the end. Like, the movie, if they were going to do it anything, like, the original title was The Death of Michael Corleone. I'm like, that's a better title than Godfather Part 3 for me. But Mm. then you also have to cut out all that weird stuff in the middle, like... 
the majority of the film. It's just called it The Godfather Endgame. <laughs> yeah. The Godfather Part 3, Jack and Jill. <laughs> anyway. Awesome. Well, good job. Movie news is happening. It's real news. You know, Pop Culture Con, I think, is gearing, Denver is gearing up for a Back to the Future reunion. Yeah. Now we just need Michael J. Fox. As long as we get him in the morning, we should be okay. Ugh. So, so the t-shirt this year is going to be a DeLorean with like each of us. Oh yeah. Style. Oh yeah. Can yeah. I please be Marty McFly hold with the watch? <laughs> sure. Please. Can I can I be the Mister Fusion? <laughs> <laughs> There's James right there. Just Mister Fusion with like glasses. Yeah. That'd be sweet. No, it's awesome. Christopher Lloyd and uh, Tom, Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson were yeah. announced so far. Yeah. Yeah. Or if we could get like Leah Thompson, <gasps> I think because there's a I would die. I was supposed to. I was trying to go like I think Dallas Con or whatever mm-hmm. did a Back to the Future reunion. So they they had Leah Thompson, Michael J. Fox, Tom Wilson, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Jennifer. Oh, the girl played the first Jennifer. Uh, Gray? Is that not right? No, no can't remember. <laughs> so that's Dirty Dancing. That is Dirty Dancing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can probably conceive of us maybe getting everybody, everybody, yeah. everybody but Michael J. Fox. Maybe Michael J. Fox might even do it too. Never yeah, know. Hopefully. Yeah. What else is he doing? I'm trying to cure Parkinson's. No, it's good for him. I like Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Uh, he was just on the news recently. Teen Wolf they, himself. They had some breakthrough. So. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. That'd be great if she went. I'd ever sign all my DVD copies Howard of the Caroline Duck. in the City. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have her sign Howard the Duck. <laughs> and she'd say, get this. No, actually, I was reading. She probably is. You know, I'm sure I, she's, yeah. I'm sure one of those things, I would n- never care. Thing. I was... Um, so Shout Factory, Scream Factory put out Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Yeah. That's been a pain in the ass for him because Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the review on Blu-ray.com today, and it's taken a while to review this. And there's this huge, bold paragraph saying, this is what happens when lawyers get involved. So originally the art had both of them on it. They oh. took it out. And they have been removed from any mention in the special features. So except for like one passing thing about McConaughey. And uh, I guess the back says that there's a behind-the-scenes still gallery not on there. Uh, Weird. God. And I knew – because they were trying to release that, I think, in they were trying August, to release, yeah, maybe? This was supposed to come out August, a while ago. May, yeah. and they kept on pushing it and pushing it because um, Matthew McConaughey didn't think it was all right. Man. And, Re- and Renee Zellweger. I mean, she doesn't did, have a catchphrase that's cool enough for this segment. But <laughs> he ought to go back and you know have his lawyers digitally remove him from failure to launch. Yeah, um, that's what I mean. Like, who cares? You don't yeah. need lawyers for that. You need George Lucas to do that. I'm just saying, like, he's made a lot of shit. Like, yeah, just, just, just admit, yeah, it's okay. You're it's doing okay. okay. You're doing all right. Like, if you're I ever became right. a famous actor, why would you just not sit down and talk about? your first big movie and say, hey, I really didn't like it, but this is what happened. Yeah. He's probably been conditioned to think that that's a sin. Well, and it's just how, yeah, it's how you broke in. Like, that's part yeah, of the story. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No. No. But, yeah, anyways, what we're talking about? Stand we, on my boots. We need the same uh, <laughs> Penny Marshall died this week at the age of 75. Mm-hmm. Um, that's She's gonna do it. Did you ever see Awakenings, James? In no, heaven. I didn't. That's I a good film by her. Yeah? It's, it's not talked about amongst her um, stuff that much, but it's oh, really good. It's brother cool. Robert De Niro. Neat. I would check that one out. Uh, check that um, out. But yeah, and then League of the Round, um, Big, Laverne yeah. and Shirley. Big. Yep. 
first female director ever to have a hundred million dollar grossing film. Yep. She was a very. I like I I don't I liked her little thing on Happy Days that then leads into Laverne and Shirley, but I didn't watch a lot of Laverne and Shirley. So, but she's she was a fun lady. Yeah, it's too bad. Seven eighty five was pretty good. Did you know that good. she and Rob Reiner both had movies out the same year that were they did that they directed? No, it was Big and um, Princess Bread. Oh, or unless no, wait, I'm sorry, you're mm-hmm. apart because Big's eighty six and Princess Bride's eighty seven. So never mind, I'm wrong. Not too far Not off. Not the first time tonight. Yeah. <laughs> nor, right. the, nor the last. Do you guys want to do trailers up front or at the end? How about not at all? <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. Are there any trailers worth mentioning? Uh, there's a trailer for us, there's a trailer for Hellboy, and there's a trailer for Men in Black. Cool, so we've mentioned yeah. them, so we can now move on. Oh. No, I, think, I think the Us trailer is very interesting. Yeah. I think the Us trailer is really interesting. Yep. Sheesh. You know, it I didn't know John for like four weeks and everybody puts their poop pants fan. on about a good trailer. <laughs> Sheesh. I actually, I also think the Men in Black trailer looks really fun. Yeah, yeah in really? fact, I think the Men in Black trailer looks so good, I'm going to play it right now. Oh, shit! Always remember, the universe has a way of leading you to where you're supposed to be at the moment you're supposed to be there. Let's do this. Took me 20 years to find you. How many people can say that? You are the best kept secret in the universe. And I found you. Which makes me perfect for this job. You really think a black suit is going to solve all your problems? Mm, no, but looks damn good on you. We are a rumor, recognizable only as deja vu, and dismissed just as quickly. Time to prove yourself, Agent M. We may have a problem in London. Welcome to MIB. You will be with Agent Peach, one of the best ever to wear this suit. Catching up on my daily meditation. Time for lunch, I think. Are you hungry? It's 9.30. Perfect. Tuesday's taco day. We've been compromised. It puts every citizen of this planet at risk. So where are the jokes in the trailer? Oh come on! It come on. No, they don't. They'll be in the movie. You don't need a. You need a. You need a big poppy zimbang. Wow! 
Liam, trailer. Liam Neeson's on. replacing Rip Torn. It That's looked, the only joke we it need. It looked more fun than Men in Black 3. Emma Thompson already totally. Rip Torn, huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it looks fun. It looks fun. Yeah, I think it looks fun. And I'm, uh, I'm waiting for a reason to like a Men in Black movie. <laughs> well, the first one should be reason enough. I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, and I like that Hellboy trailer, but I do wish that it didn't look like a trailer for a late 2000s Jason Statham movie and looked like a fun Hellboy trailer. Yeah. But Dave Harbour looks cool, and that's all I'll yeah, say. Yeah, I'm hopeful. Yeah. It doesn't have quite the same whimsy that I, I want. No, to add, it, it looks too mainstream for what Hellboy, or at least what I've come to like about I, Hellboy. I read an interview with uh, Dave Harbour. He said it's really gory and really fun. Okay, cool. And sometimes it might be hard to cut a trailer for it. Totally. Yes. Um, and that's and Hellboy's a movie that a tough I think is hard anyways. to sell anyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that wasn't like a franchise that was blowing up <laughs> no, at the box office. No, I think it's like 50 million bucks. Um, yeah. It's interesting, know. like... They can't have Hellblazer, so they got to call it Constantine, but they'll have Hellboy. That's because uh, Mike Mignola owns it. Yeah. So they only have to go through the dude who owns Hellboy. Yes. Right? Where Constantine is. Or you see, like, the name that says Hellboy. Like, in terms of putting it on posters. Putting it on posters. Yeah. 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 Also, his name uh, is Hellboy. Yeah. Whereas also Warner Brothers. Hellblazer's name isn't Hellblazer, right? Like, yeah. Because if you well, like comics called that. Hellblazer, you, yeah, but they changed it to Constantine because they want to piss off certain people. Oh, well, but that was also a movie that was going to piss those, piss those people off anyway. Like, um, but I guess well, yeah, that's DC and Warner Brothers like and not the devil. <laughs> no, it's when, you, it's when you make a transsexual gay, angel Gabriel your villain. That's when you're you're just gonna fuck like everybody's gonna be pissed. I know. Movie's brilliant. So did you see the? I don't know if you guys got the trailer before Mary Poppins, where it's about the kid the who concept? falls in the ice. No, no. Oh my! It was awful. So. Like Topher Grace plays um, this pastor, and so the boy falls in the ice and uh, he's dead, and he's like lying on That's like a, a hospital bed, and the mom is saying, "Please, Jesus, get into my son's soul and bring him back to life." And it's the most pandering. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is maybe the worst trailer I've ever seen. I forget what it's called. I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you throw around things like the most pandering when you're talking about Christian films, yeah, I just you got to be very careful. No, I'm There's telling a you, lot of the most pandering no, in it's, that genre. It's, it's really bad. You know, it's like was the one where the little kid died and he came. He was in heaven. Heaven is for real. Yeah. So that one. Great this career. one's way worse. It's oh, so I'm, on I'm the nose sure. that it's. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I don't know who got that trailer. I got the dog one. Oh, yeah, I got the dog one, too. The dog's journey. Or basically, Homeward Bound, but oh, yeah, one yeah, yeah. dog. Yeah. Yeah. The movie that's not a dog's purpose. The CGI Mountain Lions. In, in, yeah. in fact, I, when I was watching that trailer, I was like, man, am I in Mary Poppins? <laughs> I was starting to freak out. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't have to worry about that. I saw it at Atmos, and it was nothing but Disney trailers all in a row, but no. it was all for the remakes, so no Marvel or Star oh, yeah. Wars stuff, nothing. Yeah, so I got... it, was, it was really strange because the... Lion King, then Aladdin, and then one other. Oh, you had Aladdin too. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god! Like I had uh, now, I understand why people are frustrated a little bit. Yes, <laughs> I had I had Dumbo and then Lion King, and I was like, oh god, this is terrible. Yeah, we've, you guys, look what we've I'm done. I'm excited for these things, but y'all gotta cool your jets, man. <laughs> like, we threw another trailer for Pete's Dragon, the film that everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really, gonna try we're it gonna, again. We're gonna, we're gonna re-release Pete's Dragon because I think you guys forgot about it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'm sad because Sean Levy left the Uncharted movie this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that movie continues to 
Never gonna be maybe we don't never need. Gonna be maybe we don't need to do it. I, I think I, we're fine. I, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know my mom is never gonna play that game, but she <laughs> would love. She would love that movie. All my hopes rest on that. It would be so great. I will make. You some- could easily get a good pulp action franchise out of a well-made Uncharted movie, like. I will compromise. I will make sock puppets of Drake and all the other characters and make my own version and just be like, here, here you go. Here it is. Because they can't get this right. No, no, right. no. Zach, They've been we, doing this. Zach, we want his mom to enjoy it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but this, uh, David, wasn't Joe Pesci going to be in it at one point? We don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but you're... That man is a hack. <laughs> hey, hey, Nate, you want to search for, search for gold? <laughs> instead, they hired uh, The Rock to play uh, him instead. So it'll be fine. Hmm. I'd, I'd say the rock, rock is vehicle, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. The rock can get it done. <laughs> I feel bad, you James. Make, is you angry. make me sad. I know. <laughs> uh, but what doesn't make me sad is that uh, Johnny Depp's not going to be in the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and they're going to reboot it and make it fun again. Mm. And I have hope for the world. It's all going to be okay. We're all going to be okay, guys. I mean, the bigger news is that they're still thinking that Pirates of the Caribbean can be a franchise. Pirates of the Caribbean can absolutely be a franchise. It, it makes a lot of money. It's done. Just take the clown out of the movie, and maybe we'll have some fun. <laughs> the clown is why most people went to those movies. <laughs> yes, but you could have made a good movie that then people go to for not the clown. Yes, but we're, we're past The first this. movie was great without the clown. So all you've got to do is not cast anybody charming in it, and just make it all about pirates instead. <laughs> It'll be perfect. Yes, you know why? So no charming people. Because pirates are cool. Okay. Just watch Black Sails. I have watched Black Sails. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> There's too much talking and talking in that show. I just want them to shoot at each other. Like, I just want a good pirate movie. Come, like we all understand what I'm saying. Maybe they go. I, down- want, I want. I just want Cutthroat Island. Different route. Treasure Planet franchise. That's fine. Yeah, I'd rather have that at this point. All right, fine. Do you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want pirates in space. Uh, you can watch the first episode of Deadly Class online right now. I'm actually really excited about this. Yeah, it's like, cool, cool comic. Yeah, that was a really neat comic. I'm, I I want to check that out. Uh, and then I will talk about this more later. Uh, but the chilling, chilling adventures of Sabrina was renewed for both the third and fourth season. So there will be lots of that show. Hmm. Well, by by third season because they because the season's coming out like in a couple months. It's called yes. like season one B. Yes. Does season is this season three going to be the actual season two? I think or? no. I think season three is the third season, saying that the new yeah. season coming out is season three. So in terms, because I think they were confident enough in the first season that they immediately were like, yeah. "Hey, go make more of this." I mean, it's a huge hit, so it doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, but like, it's we'll talk about it later. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Also, they're gonna make a Black Mirror thing that's like a choose your own adventure thing, and it's weird. Yeah. But we'll I will play. I will play with that and figure. And that would be interesting. You know, me and Brad but, always thought that'd be cool for DVDs. As you know, as you yeah. watch them, then something pops up and it branches yeah. out somewhere else. That's. I mean, pretty much what it sounds like. This is because they've been working on the the tech for a while. There's another software that's been doing it. I can't remember what that what they're called, but um, I think it's a neat idea. You know, it's actually it's perfect for Black Mirror because since Black Mirror, like most British sci-fi, is very hit and miss. Like, giving me the choice means that there's a better chance it'll be good than will be bad. Um, what if you found out all your choices were bad? Well, if all you're of the, the choices are poorly written, then that's oh. on them. It's a, it's a writing problem, not a everything goes bad for people problem. Um, but anyway, uh, I, think that's, uh, I think that's it. Unless I missed something. Yeah. There was a one piece of news. It's not really news, but I thought it was interesting because it affected my family. 
apparently on Christmas Christmas Eve, a lot of people wanted to watch Infinity War on Netflix. Oh. But there was a glitch in Netflix's system. So he put in Avengers, it it wouldn't come up. But he put in Affinity, it would. So oh. there was a big storm about people being mad that Infinity War was no longer on Netflix because everyone tried to watch it and no one could. Wow. Yeah. Man, you know how I watch Infinity War? Slip that shit into my <laughs> Put it in my Blu-ray player. Yeah. What? <laughs> Whenever you want. You know how I watch Infinity War? I don't because it's in a box. No. <laughs> Get your life together, man. I yeah. know. This, yeah, is, this is an audio podcast, but the look <laughs> on James's face was one of despair. His eyes saying, help me. <laughs> is there any Blu-rays coming out next week? Yes. Okay. <laughs> DVD releases the Blu-rays. I thought because it was Christmas holiday that nothing was popping up. You wouldn't. You would be oh, wrong. Oh wait, that'd be next week. It's got to be your bowl. White boy Rick is out. Oh, on Christmas Blu-ray spectacular on the day of Christmas. <laughs> uh, Yo, the weather fact, outside is frightful. In fact, because there's so few, there's only seven. I'll just read all of them. You can also get a a uh, collection of both Deadpool one and two. Mm-hmm. You can get a movie called Strawberry Estates, where a man carries an axe. And strawberries. You can get a movie called A Cam Life, which is a documentary about exactly what you think it is. Camels? Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can get a movie called The Go-Getters. Dunno. Uh, Brown Girl Begins. <laughs> Not going to touch that one. <laughs> and Wait, what? Bayou Caviar. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, is it? I'm going to yeah. buy you it's caviar. <laughs> Tastes like fish. Uh, it's, it's Cuba uh, Gooding Jr. Uh, yeah, it's he directed it. It's a director. Richard Dreyfus. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. It's not very good, but it's it, it, it's a thing. So. Merry Christmas, Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> That's the next Netflix Christmas. I'm going to be in a movie directed by Cuba Gooding Jr. Merry Christmas, Richard Dreyfus. Wednesday on ABC. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, okay. <laughs> Do you, just put Richard Faces. Brown Brown Girl Begins. It's 2049. <laughs> Everything about this is not what I expected. Uh, it's 2049 on a forsaken island off the coast of Toronto. <laughs> Isn't Toronto landlocked? That's what I was about to say. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. In the lake. In the lake. Okay. I'm like, wait a minute. Something's not right well, here. No, it's like a river, but still. Off the coast of Toronto. <laughs> it's 2049, so it's like Blade Runner times. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but the water's going to come in and and swallow Toronto <laughs> and leave Detroit alive. Like, Wait, so the water comes from the so east. So it's the future, so all of Quebec is destroyed? <laughs> yeah. Did, you saw Las Vegas in Blade Runner, right? True. Yeah. Imagine uh, what they did to Canada. <laughs> uh, where the survival of the islanders depends on young tea. No, Toronto's on the coast. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. We're, We're all idiots. Wait, which one's, <laughs> which one's right next to uh, Detroit? Um, well, let me pull Quebec, up my Quebec. map. We we said we were real nerds, Quebec not City. map nerds. I think of Ontario, which is like Ontario. Oh, the is Ontario. Oh, Ontario. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we pronounce it Ontario on this side. Sorry. Um, <laughs> to, uh, on young T. Jean to risk death by a spirit so she can take her place as the Caribbean priestess to save her people. Hmm. What is? Hold up. Caribbean is <laughs> not, <laughs> not near Toronto. Even if it is on the coast. <laughs> so Toronto is, uh, is bordered by Lake Ontario. Okay. So, um, but there is parts of Toronto that are landlocked. Toronto is one of the biggest cities in Canada. Um, the entertainment district is in the bay. So uh, if you're in oh. Toronto, visit the entertainment district and see some wonderful sights. Thank you listening, all of our Toronto listeners. Yeah. Are there any islands off the coast of Toronto? Let me uh, zoom in on my Google map. Hang on mm. a second. 
Welcome to uh, geography. Uh, ironically, <laughs> there's a place called Toronto Islands. There is Center Island and Muggs Island and Ward's Island. All right. Well, one of those is where Brown Girl Begins begins. <laughs> Muggs Island sounds like a great title for a gangster horror movie. Just mm-hmm. a bunch of Joe Pesci's fighting each other on the island. Man, welcome to, camp. Welcome, welcome to Muggs Island. <laughs> no, more, no more Joe Pesci movies. Anyway, that's DVDs. Awesome. We watch movies, too, throughout the week in a segment we call Watching Movies. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. <laughs> Brad, what do you watch this week? I literally just cut myself off there. Deer in headlights. So I got a question for you. Are we banking Bumblebee and Aquaman for January? Uh, what are we doing next week? Aquaman? Well, uh, yeah, I, uh, you mean this weekend? Yes, right. Yes, you know. Yes. So you are we me. are we podcasting again in three days? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hell yeah! <laughs> if we don't, we'll mess up our streak. Well, not technically, because even though you do a bonus episode, sometimes our it's not episodes a numbered are episode, numbered. No. We don't always have numbered episodes though for the week. But we record numbered episodes every week. I don't think it matters. It's been six well, years. Well, technically nothing matters. We did okay. <laughs> but either way, I mean, I, I you know, yeah. I'll, I'll go well, see Aquaman I mean, and do an episode about Aquaman. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to take Kellen to see Bumblebee. So. Oh. I've already seen both of those. So I'm going to see Bumblebee one. next week, I think. Because I'm waiting until so, Rafe comes back. Uh, so Aquaman this week then? The King of the Seas? Sure. All right. It's got that Drake song in it. Yeah, I'm Drake and I rap. No, it's I just him oh, covering really Africa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's awful. Wait. Woo-hoo! I think, oh, are you talking about the Pitbull Toto song? Oh, sorry, it's Pitbull. It's yeah, it's Drake. Pitbull, Pitbull who It's did, Pitbull uh... covering Africa. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It's in the movie. It's, it's not so even It's so embarrassing, James didn't even know who sang it. Right. It's terrible. Anyways, Brad? So I'm not talking about either of those. What <laughs> <laughs> so this boils down, boils down to. Um, yeah, I watched the new She-Ra on Netflix, Ooh. and I found that a delightful experience. Delightful. Yeah. You got good reviews. Yeah. Cool. Um, I like what they, you know, the original is very shallow and kind of meh. I mean, it has its place in history, but this one actually has like a good story arc and it's serialized. And, oh. um, I like what they do with Katra and making her like more of the main villain than Hordak. But, um, Yeah. I recommend it. I almost downloaded that and watched it on a plane, but I watched Mowgli instead. Oh, you should have been here for the mini episode. <laughs> yeah. I um, also watched uh, the third season of Efforts for Family, and that's fun and filthy, and uh, it's just more of uh, Frank not paying attention to his family and having to resolve that. Um, I watched the 90s movie Copycat. With Sigourney Weaver and oh, Holly Hunter. <laughs> so it took me a little to catch up to that one. Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr., yeah. who's actually not in it that much. Yeah, um, it's like Kiefer Sutherland in Taking Lives. Yep. Like he's the bad guy and then he's not really in it. Yeah, Taking Lives? Mm-hmm. Kiefer Sutherland and Angelina Jolie. Isn't there another one he was in who's like... Yeah, it's uh, Eye uh, for an Eye. eye yeah. Is it Kiefer Sutherland in Taking Lives? Isn't so. it Ethan Hawke? He is, but Keith or Sutherland plays an oh, important I never, part I never in saw Taking Lives. Lives. Oh, okay. I remember that right, right, Zach? But yeah, I he, think so, yeah. Yeah, no, he's it's Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke's whole character is all twisted and fucking nonsensical. Keith or Sutherland's like a MacGuffin. Oh, okay. Uh, that's kind of your standard ni- '90s like thriller. Um, but the the crazy thing uh, I noticed was there's a scene where Sigourney Weaver is like talking to Holly Hunter, um, and you know, it's just, it's just a kind of a talking head back and forth 
cutting thing. And Sigourney Weaver takes off her glasses and puts them back on like three times within, <laughs> this, within three shots. <laughs> so look for that. probably like, fuck it. Yeah. She just always needs to be moving. Well, I think it's like three different takes, but the, whoever edited it put them too close together. Like, sure. so it, like, yeah, she takes them off. It cuts to Holly Hunter. It comes back. She takes her glasses off again. Cuts back to Holly Hunter. Goes back to the ground where takes her glasses off again. <laughs> it's like, oh, so it's not that she keeps. I thought you meant like she takes her glasses off, cuts back, cuts back to her. She puts them back on. No, they're already <laughs> on. When it comes back, back they're already on. Yeah. She's got oh, like on okay. a stick. So while Holly Hunter <laughs> so was talking, just... Sigourney Weaver supposedly put them back on. That's just a a normal continuity problem, <laughs> not a travesty of of filmmaking of human behavior. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I also rewatched The Shining, which I haven't seen in years, mm-hmm. decades. Should Kareem watch Should... it next week? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I still feel like it suffers from a lot of hype. Um, oh yeah, Big it's a time. fine film. Like and like Jack Nicholson really just steals the show in it. I just hate that people say it's the scariest horror film. I don't think it's scary it's at scary. all. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. scary. Um, it's just yeah, kind of like a. It's it's more of a psychological thriller. Yeah, and to it me. takes a while for me to get into it because I think Jack Nicholson is so overboard even throughout the whole film. Yeah, it takes me a little bit to get into it. I was surprised how early on he is unlikable. Like, yeah, I think the first time he starts writing and he just scolds yeah. Shelley Duvall. Like I was like, when did you you seem like you liked your family and all of a sudden like yeah. day one you're being a piece of shit i always feel like he's unlikable from the moment he's interviewing for that damn job so <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah but at least there it's like subtle like you kind of know like there's something gonna be wrong here but like he's hmm, hiding it with yeah. his randall p mcmurphy charm <laughs> if you fast forward through the topiary stuff the miniseries is a better film i know you should listen to that interview i sent you i should <laughs> it's yeah. in the same boat as all his kubrick's films where it's technically proficient but yeah it's artistically boring yeah Yeah. Uh, fair um i also got to watch the 1990 captain america movie oh which hell yeah oh man the best captain america movie (laughs) no it's like (laughs) matt salinger bad that it has like this charm to it i I can't describe it it's really not good i've never seen it is it one of the ones where he has a motorcycle is it the one where he's got the transparent shield, or is this the one no, where he fights the, the Red Skull? Yeah, he fights the Red Skull. Is it the okay. one where he's it's like... It's a canon film. Yeah, they're yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. hooked to like the missile at the beginning or something. Is that right? And he comes running yeah. in. Yeah, I can't remember it. <laughs> um, yeah, Red Skull actually has a nose, but he's got a red face and everything. Uh, Red Skull, like whoever is playing Red Skull in the movie, is actually like... in Like into the character, and he's actually like he's the only grounded part of the movie. Everything else is like ridiculous um but my favorite part is when uh at the finale uh he has a bomb in his hand and captain america can't get to it so i think he throws his shield and you know it's, it's like two seconds away from exploding and he throws a shield and uh red skull falls off the cliff and this is like italy or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and falls in the ocean and then it never blows up <laughs> oh, I was really hoping he would throw the shield at the exact angle where the shield cuts the wire on the bomb or diffuse it. I mean, that's the only explanation. Is like they didn't focus on it, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know how him falling well, off the cliff stopped the bomb from exploding. The water put the fuse out. I guess, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. one thing. of those old-fashioned bombs. that was like just like one long wick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like a digital timer thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bomb. So that's why I'm like, yeah, probably not the water, but you oh, know, salt, I don't know. The salt water corroded the electronics. 
That's an acidic water. Instantaneously. <laughs> yeah. It, within three seconds, yeah. Yes. What well, is Italy? So. It's it, oh, God damn it. But yeah, it's it, like there's one part. Thank you, Henry. <laughs> early, early on where Captain America gets strapped to uh, Red Skull's like rocket that he's shooting towards Washington, D.C. And not only is the special effects of that terrible, but like there's a kid out on like uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And it's like, I don't know. 11 o'clock at night this kid's out there standing in front of the White House and yeah this shitty like green screen oh, like, that's right. Captain America stuck to a rocket like flies overhead and like he uses his strength to like divert the wings so it sails over the White House um, yeah and then uh, he goes to like this diner later on and uh, immediately like goes into the women's bathroom like unannounced and just like punches through the wall and finds the secret staircase to the old lab where he was created um, it's like how did he like he's been on, on ice for eight. How did he? How many women's bathrooms did he have to punch through? <laughs> <laughs> like, just the one. Yeah. Um, that we saw on screen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a rough time. And then I also watched Swamp Thing Ooh, from sort of yeah. the same time. And that's a little smarter, but yeah. still kind of boring. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Then something uh, good I did watch was uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Season one and two. Oh, I haven't seen seen season two yet. Yeah, um, you've talked about it before. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, At least the first season's great. Yeah, did you like it? Yeah, this woman, uh, uh, she's like the perfect housewife, and then uh, her husband decides to leave her for what his an secretary, asshole. and mm-hmm. she gets drunk, and then she becomes a stand stand up comedian, and then right. Alex Borstein, and she's funny. Uh, becomes her manager. Yeah, uh, and yeah, there's it's uh, Tony Shalhoub is her dad. Um, and he's a mathematician at uh, Harvard, Columbia. It's close. You're <laughs> so close. Ivy League. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's her whole her whole family is fantastic. So yeah, it's just yeah. it's just kind of like a you know a period piece of, about her just trying to make it as a comedian and mm-hmm. uh, you know be, like juggle living with her parents um, and, and trying to be an all. independent woman and yeah, it's a lot about sort of like being being a, a mother at that time and then also comedy and you know well, yeah yes yeah. it's really good funny and then the last thing i finally started on my dc universe subscription i started watching titans mm-hmm. <sighs> not good <laughs> i've only seen the one episode so uh, there's not like a good litmus test yet but the oh, first this episode... is the fuck batman thing uh-huh. oh yeah is um, batman in it not yet okay um he's referenced but off the heels of... I'll start watching when somebody fucks Actually, I shouldn't say this yet. <laughs> <laughs> I got a film to recommend to you. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, so, initially, it focuses on... Oh, what's... Raven. Um, and she lives at home with her mom, and then her mom gets murdered, and... Uh, Nightwing, who, for some Oops. reason, isn't working in... <laughs> Bloodhaven. He's working in Detroit as a police officer um he's assigned to the case and um so yeah, are they trying sorry are they trying to make it like a new gritty version where they're not really superheroes no they're really superheroes like raven has her powers or mm-hmm. at least what i know of them from that episode but it's just like a dark grown-up version of teen titans yeah it's, it's, it's like, like if Zack snyder directed uh teen titans it's closer to gotham but like hbo level like swearing and mm. violence but like teen titans is for kids so like this isn't teen titans this is just, titans. just titans yeah 
They've grown up. But isn't the audience... <laughs> you have it. Uh, Starfire sets a bunch of no monsters on fire and they burn to death. I feel like the audience for this would be like, you know, kids who liked the Teen Titans. Yeah, ideally, the audience that they're going for is me. People who, when I was a kid, grew up on the anime and TV show Teen Titans. And now I'm like, I'm edgy and I want to watch my childhood <laughs> this, friends be hardcore. This is for millennials who oh, can oh. afford a DC Universe subscription. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and That's the, fair. The thing is, like... Yeah. That... That demographic also needs like an elevated level of intelligence in the show. Sure. Um, and the dialogue is Aquaman level terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I stopped watching it and just started listening to it uh, to get through it. Um, Which sounds like the opposite of what opposite. You, you, it's like, more like an aliens thing where you just want to mute it and watch it and, and make up your own stories. Yeah, if I could just watch style. it and get the story, I would. Yeah. But. I also didn't have time to like watch it sure. without listening to it. So um, it's just like everything people say or do has been like pulled from some other thing you've already seen. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Raven and her mom. You know, th- there's like another scene where she has a panic attack. The mom says like, "It's okay, honey, just breathe." Like that's so Raven. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been, you've been sitting on that one. I <laughs> have been. I'm like, I'm waiting till he finishes this sentence. <laughs> I'm just sorry, we gotta shut it down. It's fine. Done now. Like that scene has been in so many severe things. Just... Also, like I mean, like I have very limited knowledge of it. Just the, of like the very limited I've kind of gone into it. It like because I've seen the entire season of Titans, and it's not what I always thought Raven was. Like they seem to like changed it a lot to fit whatever show they were trying to make. Yeah, probably. I mean, so, I'm not familiar with it yeah. enough, so I'm just. This is my introduction to it, so... Yeah. I know um, it's a very different character than the Teen Titans animated TV show. Yeah. So. What, I mean, I saw the what, movie this year, so... Yeah. What are her powers? Like, she shoots angst at people? <laughs> well, it's like... It's basically like... Sh- like, from my wow. li- very limited understanding of it. I'm sure someone else who's a bigger Teen Titans DC head could do yeah. it. But uh, she's, like, the daughter of, essentially, the devil. Uh, and right. so, like, she has, like, this the powers of the Mephisto. underworld. and like that Oh, wait, that's Marvel. Great. So That sounds like a great show okay. I watched this year. Raven is great in the Teen Titans TV show. Oh, okay. Not in this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. what a, have you messed around on the DCU thing? Yeah. Is it cool or is it worth? I don't even know how much it is. Um, I don't know either because I'm getting it for free. But <laughs> Oh. <laughs> um, I think it's like 11 bucks or something. A month? Yeah. It's, it it's like, like 74 bucks a year. Does it have like every animated? Yeah, DC it's got everything. Like I said, I watched Supergirl a couple weeks ago. Doesn't um, it also like include like digital subscriptions to... DC Comics though yeah. as well. Oh, okay. I think that's the big draw for most people is that it's like a gotcha. ten dollar a month to read all DC comics. Yeah, and so. like merchandise exclusive. So yeah, it's, gotcha. it's just it's your one stop for all the any, yeah. anything DC. Like yeah. there's a new T shirt out. That's kind of cool. And they're releasing because yeah, if you're in, if you're reading soon. two comics a month, that pays for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they got new shows coming out like Doom Patrols on the way. Yeah. So, uh, but this is just like it. It's the pilot episode, which most shows isn't good. Um, I started the Hawk and Dove. And it's only about Hawk and Dove right now, so mm-hmm. but I haven't finished it yet. So, um, but it, the guy who plays uh, Raphael in the Ninja Turtles is Hawk, and he's like this beat up, like just human character. Like he has no special powers, but he's trying to be a superhero. You mean Michael Bay? Yeah, the Michael Bay one. Oh, okay. Alan Richardson plays Raphael. Oh, okay. No, no, Michael Bay plays Raphael. <laughs> like, no. Those are those are CG animals. That's <laughs> yeah. Just um, a giant turtles dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> A turtle dresses a hawk. This is a real turtle. Yeah. This is a real box turtle. And then I just remembered I also watched an episode of Happy, which oh, is, is that... I've been trying to get into that. What do you think of it? No. It's yeah. like just sadistic for those sake of being sadistic. Like, I happened? couldn't get oh. the story. So, um, I, what's his name? 
uh, the actor? Or the actor, yeah. Uh, Chris Leone? Christopher, yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's someone I know. Christopher uh, Maloney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Sorry, Chris. So. He's this like disgraced ex-cop, and uh, he's kind of like on a, a like he has a death wish. Um, after he got kicked off the force, he just becomes a vigilante and kills like mobsters and who like people hire him to kill. Um, and then there's like some other girl gets kidnapped or uh, abducted, and then her uh, plush toy unicorn becomes sentient and is voiced by Patton Oswalt, and it like flies around new york city trying to find chris maloney mm-hmm. um to help to hire him to save her and it's like he's the the, the unicorn star for a figment of his, of his imagination like he's the only one who can see it um and so yeah basically he's just like killing people and then getting uh captured and tortured by mobsters and uh you know at one point like he dispatches them but uses a fire extinguisher to like put like sprays on a guy but he does it like he's peeing on him like it's kind of that that level of like sure uh, well, i only saw like the first episode like a while ago so I don't yeah. have, like, but like for me i remember it coming off as like this is like what a 14 year old boy would think would, would be a cool TNT yeah. show. Like <laughs> um when he, when he tracks down the mobsters and like uh tricks them into finding him mm-hmm. so he can kill him um he like shoots the one guy out the window and then he accidentally like I forget what happens to him, but he trips and he also falls out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh but he survives oh, he's having a heart attack while he's <laughs> while he's killing the guys. So that's so long. I don't yeah. remember. And but... so yeah, he wakes up in like the um ambulance so... with like morphine. So he thinks like the unicorn is just drugs. So it it's yeah, it's just like dark and weird for the sake of being dark and weird so far. It feels hmm. like the way I felt about Wilfred, where I watched Wilfred for a bit and then I got disinterested pretty quick. Wilfred yeah. is yeah. great, though. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that the re- if you keep watching it, it's good. But just yeah, like my that. initial reaction. So yeah, that's yeah. what I watched this week. James, cool. Uh, I got a bunch of stuff just to run through, but uh, six I'll weeks worth. I know, seriously. Oh my gosh. Gosh. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you can, James. Uh, I saw a drift. Which uh, oh, the is a, yeah, it's Shailene Woodley trapped on a boat with a dude. Uh, it's a really well-made movie that isn't very good. Um, yeah, I, mostly because I I have a bias, which is there's a certain trick that sometimes movies try to pull, and they think it's gonna blow your mind, and I think it insults the intelligence of the audience. And this movie does one of those, um, and it's pretty bad. Um, Did it it's turn not, out their boat wasn't real? It's one of those. Whoa, really? Well, it's not that the boat's not real. That would be stupid. <laughs> She's in a coma and she there's something the They've been on a helicopter this whole time. <laughs> but it is it is a 47 meters down style, oops, oh, nothing was the way you thought oh, it was. Oh, no. And it's, they're, they're, they're trying to get a certain emotional like you know draw from you, but it's instead of being a punch in the gut, it's more like you just kind of need to poop. Like It's not a good feeling. <laughs> Uh, They're tiny people that live in an aquarium. Yeah, it, but it is a well-made <laughs> film, um, and it's it's really too bad. I, I feel like if if they had not made that terrible choice in how they told the story, it would have been a a perfectly fine, forgettable movie. If if so that was, movie just needs to drift away. Oh. If it was Brad's movie, it'd be a great secret backdoor pilot for that new Twilight Zone show that Jordan Peele's doing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I uh, while I was on a plane, I watched Adam Sandler 100 percent fresh. Yes, That's fucking good. It's amazing. Uh, it's really, really good. Um, yeah, like 
man. It just proves anyway. how much of a genius he is. Yeah, he was hilarious. Yeah. And the whole jumping back and forth between different versions of that performance was mm-hmm. great. And makes you think a lot about, like, what parts are intentional and what like yeah. there's, there's one part where they start he the guy playing piano starts too early and there a really good joke comes out of it and you're not sure whether or not that was real yeah or not. like there's some really great stuff. i think it's great that adam sandler is literally living funny people in yes. real life yes it's true <laughs> it is he true. is living and i think he's aware too um, I mean, I would, I, might, I would hope that his life at home is lots better. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm sure it I is. I think he's been married for some like twenty something years. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, in reality, yes, he's making absolutely garbage and uh, and actually really talented. So uh, I got a chance to also watch Hotel Artemis on a plane. I, I watched a lot of things on planes. Um, Hotel Snakes? Artemis is fucking dope. That yeah. movie is fun. Yeah, it is. Like <laughs> it is a it is a good time. At the movies on a plane, um, I mean it is at times like I don't know. I don't even want to call it silly. Like it, it leans into its weird sci-fi post-apocalyptic like premise pretty good, and just comes up with a fun like I would compare it to like a like a um, like a John Wick, where if you think too hard about the weird world we're in, it might fall apart. But you just choose not to and instead enjoy, like, the three really corny but amazingly delivered one-liners that John Batista has. Uh, my favorite par- probably being visiting times are never, uh, which was great. Like, I can say it here. Not funny. When, when Batista says it, it's great. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think everybody in the movie is really good. Uh Jodie Foster is surprisingly wonderful. I mean, like, not surprisingly because she's not wonderful. I just mean, like, uh, I was where, su- like, where did that come from? Yeah, like, it's a weird. It's a. I just thought it was weird she was in the movie at all, and then like here she is playing <laughs> this like really interesting, really interesting for a weird sci-fi action movie uh, kind of character. Um, it is a surprising little gem that for an hour and a half long is, I think, one that I would easily recommend to anybody. Um, like, it's just a fun action movie, you know. Um, a Charlie Day. He's so hot in this film. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> Not how I was going to describe it, but sure. Um, yeah, like surprisingly, like walking that lot. It's almost like he's trying so hard to be an asshole that it almost doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but it's like perfect. It's perfect casting for that where he's supposed to be an asshole, but who's also a complete joke. Um, so anyway, uh, on a plane, I watched Mowgli. Uh, the Are Legend exactly of Jungle. Yeah, um, that's a watchable film. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know. My biggest problem with it is, uh, a, I mean, the CG in general is not great for the animals, um, which is a shame considering that that's like the reason this one is interesting is because it's from the guy who makes CG things. I don't think it looks too terrible, but like, I'd like to see it on a big screen and compare it to my, in my head to what jungle book, the uh, Disney one looked like. Uh, I submit to you Shere Khan, uh, one of the worst looking CGI characters I I have seen in 20 years. I know it looks like he got hit on the head with a frying pan. (laughs) It's awful. Uh, like Everything about the design of Shere Khan is embarrassingly bad. I'm still trying to go... figure out Baloo. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Baloo looks way better. Um, that lip thing, man. Yeah, but Shere Khan looks like a weird, like 
cartoon with Betty Boop's makeup on. Like, <laughs> what? It's very bizarre. <laughs> it's it's like, and then they they took Battle Angelita's eyes and put them on there, but with the eyeliner on it, it's well, well, awful. Well, Circus and Jim Cameron are good friends. Yeah, um, but I, like I the, the early the early versions of of Battle Angelita's eyes, not the good ones from the release of the movie, but okay. like the first trailer where it was just like, what the fuck is on her face? I, I, like that version, I, but I, on a tiger. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, um, like they're not like I mean, like. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not good. Go watch. But, go watch the real Jungle Book CG movie, and then you'll remember. Like, oh no, these animals yeah, look it, amazing. I mean, like, and I should have um, caveated that. Like, I haven't seen that Jungle Book remake since it came out in theaters. So yeah, you should see it again. I started yeah. watching it last week, and I was like, oh man, this shit looks great. I like. You know who looks great in that movie? Sheer Khan. Yeah. Um, I do like the way that um, so the the background and stuff like blends pretty well within like the yeah. the environments work well. In yeah, that it's flick. not bad. I think the kid is really the kid who plays Mowgli is really good. Um, I think the story overall is fine. Frida Pinto is wasted uh, in that movie. Frida she Pinto is, is wasted in yeah, that movie. Yeah, like wasted. And she shows up and I'm like, oh, you're adorable. And then and all of a sudden, she, and all of a sudden, she's just there to do nothing. Yeah, like the most wasted thing ever. I saw the favorite. Um, oh. Which is uh, is great. Uh, that movie ended, and the lady next to me was like, uh, "Shoot, how did she say it?" Some just stranger uh, who leaned over and, and basically made some comment about the director being like really not nihilistic, but similar to that. And I was like, "I don't think you watched the same movie that I did, but okay." Um, uh, the the favorite is about a rivalry. Uh, <laughs> no, the, we know those are James actually it is kind of movies. Yeah, it is it a is. rivalry. Um, man, but their rivalry really per- isn't the main focus of that film. Yeah, performances alone, I think this movie is worth seeing. Um, I think the the story is really interesting. I mean, it's basically these these two women who want very different things, and I think the reason why I, I guess I shouldn't say it that way. It's it makes maybe a sad statement about fighting over shit like this um, mm-hmm. because it doesn't end up necessarily well for anybody, um, which ending. I think is, is great. I think it's part of what he's trying to tell. Uh, what, is, what is really fun and funny and entertaining about the movie is how much like he blends the, the pride and prejudice of it all with like, some modern tropes and a little bit of modern dialogue and like That's... every now and then like he just pops in and I'm like people swear or say terrible shit or like or just very upfront in a way that you don't expect them to be and it's hilarious. The dance sequence was one of the biggest laughs I heard in my theater. Oh yeah. Yeah, when he's just doing that move. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Good thing it's a visual podcast. Get, describe your moves for a sec. I'm oh. not going to do that. I know I made uh-huh. a mistake. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was kind of like uh, Fortnite dance number six. Um, <laughs> I still have never seen you played any bit of Fortnite. Please yeah. don't. Uh, yeah, is <laughs> is the Legend of Zelda in it? No. Okay, well I'm not going to play it. Um, it's 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 like PUBG but faster. Does that make sense to you? Nope. Okay. Don't even know uh, what that is. <laughs> it's like Mario but bad. Yeah. No, Mario's an adventure game. I thought isn't Fortnite a shooting game? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not Mario. Sorry. I haven't played it either. <laughs> uh also in my time gone, uh, I got a chance to go see Boy Erased at the Sons Lake uh Did you find album? him? Uh <laughs> no, you got erased. Wow. You stenciled him back in. Oh my gosh. Uh 
this how, how uh, was it <laughs> boy race is incredible um one of the best films i've seen this year uh it is it is the movie that you know pure flicks doesn't have the balls to make um well because it would probably go against their edict no really? I, I think it is the best christian film made in 20 years mm. um i think it's, it's, it's even better than the good ones it, it's surprising um, how because like the trailer kind of makes it to be like really anti-religion right. when it's really not it's, it's not. very it like, is this is a movie with really good depictions of godly people hurting each other what's this and, movie about uh, so this is the movie. Uh, sorry, thanks. Um, this is the movie with uh, Russell Crowe. Where? Uh, well, oh Russell yeah, yeah. Crow, I really wanted to see this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, Russell Crowe, Lucas Hedges, Nicole Kidman. Um, uh, Lucas Hedges. Uh, Russell Crowe is a pastor That's in right. Texas. That's right. Uh, Nicole Kidman is his wife. Their son, Lucas Hedges, comes out as gay, uh, and they send him to a camp to help make him better. Um, and like. The, you know, everybody I've recommended it to, especially in the last few days, as you know, Christmas parties have come up, and at Christmas I'm telling everybody, you should go see Boy Erased, and they're like, it seems. <laughs> Stop really yelling sad. at me. <laughs> I'd like to see Mary Poppins. Your movie seems sad, and I'm like, well, the truth is, and I this isn't spoilers because I genuinely believe the first line of the movie tells you this. It's a movie where things are gonna be okay, but you gotta go through a lot of shit to get there. Um, and I think that's part of why I love it so much is that it doesn't simply make the statement that this shit is bad what it's actually about is how this struggle creates division inside this family and that's the problem and that nothing about him or his choices or his lifestyle or who he thinks he is is as big of a problem as the fact that he and his dad can't talk to each other Hmm. um and that to me is what is really beautiful about the movie and i in my opinion is the reason why it's the best christian film because it's like the lesson that people should fucking learn by now um i i think it's fantastic um i agree like it 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 treats the subject matter very intelligently uh and respectfully in a way that i appreciate um no i i just think it's it's fantastic um, we'll talk about it more in two weeks. Uh, Joel Edgerton directed it, and it's uh, oh yeah, yeah. right. Joel Edgerton is like the camp counselor, yeah, uh, and he directed it. It's, and... it's his follow up to The Gift, which is two very different films. <laughs> two very different <laughs> films. Just proves he's a good filmmaker. Then, yeah, um, yeah, the, he's got some great scenes in the movie. Yeah, uh, and the kid who plays Colin Cor Cor. The fat kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his performance is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really like a really subtle little mm-hmm. role. Um, and Nicole Kidman's great. I mean, I, I generally don't like her. Um, like I, I, Every time I see her, she never, she never falls into Stop her roles. Stop the car, Cole. Stop the car. <laughs> she, never, like, she never like disappears into the movie the way that I would like yeah. her to. But in this one, I think it was much better. And, and you know... Um, yeah, I just think she did a great job. So, anyway, uh, Boy Raced is wonderful. Um, I also finally got a chance to catch up. Uh, I th- this came out, like, during the week of my wedding. So, I finally got a chance to see Won't You Be My Neighbor. Um, I cried for two hours. It was embarrassing. Uh, but I, I adore this movie. Um, uh, oh, it's only an hour and a half long. So, I cried for 30 minutes after it was over. No. Um, I think it's a fantastic documentary. I think it's extremely moving. It is it, the the message that it is trying to send is great and and 
I, I yeah I I adore it. Um, it was there was definitely a certain level of like nostalgia there for me because um, I watched that show as a kid, but I think everyone did. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and th- there was certainly a certain level of like uh, of learning things about like the history of like where this stuff came from. But so much of the the, the documentary ends up being really about what he was trying to do whether or not people believed him and whether or not he believed he was actually accomplishing anything by the end. And I think that was really part of the part of what was so beautiful and heartbreaking about it is that last section where, you know, he does the PSA after nine 11. Um, and like, you just look, you just spend an hour, you know, remembering how beautiful and brilliant, uh, this whole effort was. And here's this guy who, isn't really sure he made an impact at all and it's just it's it's just heart-wrenching um some of the stuff that they talk about behind the scenes from that show yeah and just like the different characters and stuff like that like it's mind-boggling like i mean like yeah watching it as a kid like it's just like but i didn't watch it like a ton as a kid so like watching it in the theater with my folks like they knew way more about it than I did. Sure. So some of these characters I like didn't know. I knew who the puppets were. Right. <laughs> and like like the uh, but like that's the the different like side characters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's pretty and, it's pretty incredible. And how some of them just simply popped up because he's like, hey, you want to act, right? Yeah. You yeah. Play the mailman. He, he basically just dragged people. I'm like, who me? No, I'm having this donut. No. Because well, it wasn't that wasn't what it was about for him, and that, yeah, that's no. part of what is so brilliant. Yeah, about the show business the element and it, like absolutely nothing to him, which is great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's amazing, and literally everyone should watch it. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, and then the very last thing I have is that I, I watched through the entire first season of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, um, which I watched on a plane. Spooky. Uh, that's a long plane flight. It was. <laughs> it was like eight hours in, in a 24-hour period that I was on a plane. Wow. Um, yeah, I think, I think I watched one episode not on a plane. Um, and... Uh, I really got into the show. It was kind of hard early on because like by the end of the second episode, I was like, man, this show's really satanic in a way that I kind of have a problem with. Um, and not like in the fun Satan way, but in the like, we're really going to talk about the rules of Satanism and what its <laughs> motivations are. And like uh, to the extent that before watching it and I was like, this is stupid. The Church of Satan is suing them for using a depiction of their god in it. That's dumb. And then I watched the show and went, "Oh shit! The Church of Satan should sue this thing." Um, <laughs> it's yeah. So I say that because in the first two episodes or so, you're learning about a lot about Sabrina and her life, and she's a witch, and her her aunts are witches, and it, it is in no way the fun TGIF show of the '90s um, with a talking robot cat. <laughs> right? No, not at all. There is a cat. It's not fun. Um, and uh, and she's about to turn 16, and if she does, she's got to leave her uh, you know, life in the normal world because she's half-witch. She's got to leave her life in the normal world going to normal high school with her uh, normal, wonderful boyfriend, Henry. Hey, Henry. Hey there. Hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're adorable. Really well they're just so cute. Thank and you. you just really don't want them to have to break up so that she can go be a witch uh, because she has to sign her name in the book of the devil and give up her soul to Satan in order to get superpowers. And you're like, holy shit, this is a dark show about Satan. Um, but what's great 
and when it turned and I was like, oh, this is awesome, is like, and but anyway, there is this whole thing about like, you know, how here's all these women and they're all empowered because, uh, you know, they can do all this magic stuff and isn't this great? And you just have to sign your soul over to the devil. Uh, and she has that moment where, you know, the whole lesson is like, oh, well, you know, the only rules in Satanism are, you know, you, you do whatever, Word. whatever you can do and whatever you will do. Like you, you get to do whatever you want. Right. Isn't that great? Sign me up. Except that you have to sign up to do whatever the devil tells you to. And so in this moment, she realizes that in order to become a powerful woman like all the women around her, she has to put herself in allegiance with a man. Like, she ends up always having to be under the thumb of this guy, uh, who is also, you know, fucking the devil. Um, but that's kind of ancillary to her whole argument. Um, and that was when I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is actually kind of interesting. And I enjoyed her as a character a lot. I think the performances are really fun. Um, there's a, you know, it's kind of episodic. Like, there's a couple little bottle episodes where it's like, oops, we... We accidentally killed some people and then raised them from the dead, uh, which was actually a really dark little run or, you know, subplot, um, a very, a very monkey's paw sort of thing. Um, Murder by it, pirates is cool. <laughs> uh, it was, it was actually really entertaining. I got pretty sucked into it. I'm pretty excited about a second season. Um, sold your soul I, to Satan. Did I you? think. I think the well no because that's the whole thing is that <laughs> she ends up fighting very hard against all the shit that's bad about religion in this show um and that's the part that I find really interesting right like there's an episode about people sort of mindlessly following the rules of the religion because of what they are being told is go is good or that they should be excited about uh to the extent that, like a character is going to let everyone else eat her um and Sabrina has to convince everybody like hey we shouldn't eat people that's a thing we shouldn't do anymore uh and it's really great like uh I enjoyed it quite a bit so um yeah I I think it's a well-written show people should check it out you know just don't like get into Satan Aww. too <laughs> late Spider-Man did it once why can't I <laughs> oh if Spider-Man jumped off a bridge, would you do it? Yeah, because I'd use my webs to swing. To be fair, Spider-Man <laughs> jumps off Never bridges mind. all the time. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> yeah. And if Spider-Man jumped off a bridge, I would do it because he would save me. That's okay, right. Fine. This was a dumb question yet again from me. You're Henry? Doing, you're doing fine. <laughs> Hi. Uh, so luckily, I have not watched much in December. Uh, so uh, I'm going to start. Uh, I On the plane ride here, I was very hungover. <laughs> and uh, I thought, what's what would be a good decision to do right now? I know. Watch the new Lars von Trier film. Oh. Uh, so I watched uh, The House That Jack Built. Uh. Um, Wait, was it available on the plane, or were you watching no, it I, on a phone? I rented it like on my computer like a couple days prior. Oh, okay. But it was like, it's on my computer. I guess I could watch this. It's this or Mandy, and neither of them sound like a good film to watch on a plane hungover. <laughs> so, like, oh, mercy. Uh, so I watched uh, The House That Jack Built. Which is the new Lars von Trier film, and it is just as pretentious as all the other films <laughs> Lars von Trier has made. It's like two hours and 40 minutes long oh, of yeah. just uh, this guy being like, yeah, so I'm like a really good serial killer. He's like narrating to another person who you never meet. So it's like American Psycho, but not cool. Yeah, but pretentious. <laughs> they don't um, talk about, you know, 
bone white business cards. And it's like basically about like him being like, I'm like the best serial killer of all time, and I'm going to tell you about all the different murders I did that shaped me as a serial killer. And he just goes through all of them, and each one's like, and this is the one where I got into architecture, and this is the one where I got into like home design, and it's just, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> and, so, and they just... Is like, it a film about a psychopath written by a sociopath? Uh, it's it's a film about a murder written by a horrible person. Um, but anyway, so basically, what I said, yes. And so, but like the one thing I will say, there's no real good to this film, but I will say there's some nice title design. So uh, <laughs> good job, the guy that designed the titles of this film. Nice. He spell checked it correctly. How are the credits? The credits? Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> standard, like, standard black and white. Like it'll be like, it'll be like victim one, and that title card. Beautiful. <laughs> Everything else, not worth it. So, but yeah, Lars von Trier, stop making movies. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, Love I'm it. On a, Man. I'm on a kick right now where I'm watching all of Robert Altman's filmography. Cool. Uh, and I'm almost done. I'm getting to all these films that no one ever talks about. Sure. Uh, starting with Health, which is a film about a uh, like vegan convention. It's like all those other films. It's like How has no one um, heard about that? Because vegans tell everybody that they're vegans. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, even vegans are ashamed of this film. Um, it's uh, basically it's 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 like a standard kind of ensembles type stuff where it's like a billion people at this one convention and they're all talking over each other and nothing really makes sense. Uh, yeah, health. I wouldn't recommend it. There's a reason no one talks about it. Uh, it's just boring. There's no real when you compare it to like Nashville or uh, the play or all these other games are, which are like very big ensemble pieces that are really good. Gosford Park. Yeah, another example. Yeah, and there's a. Uh, it just doesn't stack up to those. Sure. So Prairie also, Home yeah. Companion. I also watched Streamers, God. another film he made, which is actually an interesting film that is uh, hard to find. I found it like just in segments on YouTube. I is it about YouTubers? No. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be ahead of its time? It would be. <laughs> but it's about like this kind of group of uh, these, these guys who are who are in uh, boot camp, okay. and they're and they're getting ready to go to go to Vietnam. They're like really excited about it, and then like the night before they have to go, they find out that someone else on the squad is gay. Uh, it's about how that, how like, the, the, like some of them are like, well, I don't trust you anymore. Sure. Like, I don't, tr I can't go into field because I know you're gay and I can't trust you because of that. Huh. And it's about that conflict that they all face. Interesting. It's a really interestingly done film that kind of, it's well done. I would say I'll do that. I'll say that much. I rushed rewatched a couple films to make sure they're going to be on my film explosion list. Uh, so yeah, I'll I won't talk about them yet. I watched Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Ooh. Um, I will say I think it was a little bit hyped up for me. Uh, so I thought it was good. I thought it was great, but I'm not think I'm not. I just didn't think it was like the greatest superhero or animated film of all time. I had a good time with it though. It's in my top twenty. So yeah, um, but yeah. Ryan, Ryan, put the gun away. That's that's illegal in most states. Uh, every I'm not going to throw that at him, Brad. It's okay. <laughs> um, everybody's entitled to their opinion, even if it's wrong. No, I, I, I mean I liked it a lot. I just thought uh, it is a movie that's gotten a lot of like in weird corners and and other podcasts I listen to and stuff like that where. People who have no reason to talk about it will suddenly be like, "Have you seen the Spider Verse movie? It's the best movie ever." And I'm like, "Oh man, it's there's a lot of hype out there. I can see it's how like, it's number 15 on IMDb's top 250." Oh wow! Uh, so I was wow, and so like I, I still, didn't even know that that's almost The Godfather. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like I, I still gave it like four stars out of five. Yeah, uh, it just like uh, I kind of like after they introduced like the three main Spider people. Uh, they introduced the other three spider people and I felt like they never really got a chance to truly shine mm. and so I kind of felt bad about that uh, I want to see more of those guys okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah I, I think I will say this 
it's a miracle that they pulled off the Spider-Verse storyline oh, in one nice. film. Yeah. yeah. That's like, impressive. Well, like, I mean, kind of a Spider-Verse. No, kind, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really... Well, it's, it's Spider-Verse no, I, as most as, like, every other storyline they've done. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, that you have, you know, Spider-Ham and things like that in a film is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. Some superhero movies can't even pull off a single storyline. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, like... The thing I would say about the MCU is if they can ever pull off Spider-Verse or uh, House of M, they can do anything. House can they do Marvel Apes? I did not know that was a thing. All right. Well, so they can't do everything. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah, uh, I do recommend it. Uh, it's just, uh, it's very good. It's just not as good as I wanted it to be. Mm. So uh, I watched Holmes and Watson. Oh, oh. oh boy. Okay. So uh, that, that was a mistake. You didn't call any of us? <laughs> You're right. What was I thinking? <laughs> to be fair, I showed up to the theater wanting to see Vice, and it was sold out. So I was uh, like, "Well, else is showing?" They're like, "Well, we have a showing every thirty minutes of Holmes and Watson." <laughs> and I was like, okay, because so, because the movie can I pay only twice for this? <laughs> so I went and saw Holmes and Watson, and I exhaled through my nose twice. So um, I, I like I I, I want to see it, even though I know it's going to be an extremely inferior Sherlock Holmesian kind of thing. But like. How is it just as a comedy with those two guys? Not, I like I said, I excel through my nose twice. Uh, That's the extent of my laughter. Oh um, my. Ray Fiennes has five lines. Um, come after you like a spider <laughs> monkey, Henry. Jeez. Um, but yeah, don't see that one, unfortunately. I really wanted to like it, and I couldn't. And then the last one I saw is Countdown, which is another uh, Robert Altman film. That it was, It's kind of, it's just okay, it's kind of bland. It's about, uh, it's it basically, they made it in 68, uh, and it's about the moon landing. Uh, it's about like the kind of like what they imagined the moon landing would be. The only interesting thing about this film is that historically speaking, I found this out. It's a film that conspiracy theorists will point to when talking about the fake faking of the moon landing because <laughs> it came out a year before the moon landing happened. And they the theory is that this film portrayed the moon landing so horribly and so inaccurately that people were like, "That's not how the moon landing works." And the year later, they saw the moon landing happen, like, "Yeah, that's how it works." And they hired Robert Roman to trick the entire United States into thinking that. That's the one interesting thing about this film. So, so, so. they say that so. this film is a triple cross or a double cross? Yeah, that the film is intentionally bad so that when they made a bad version of the moon landing, people would believe it. I, I'm, I'm going to go jump off a cliff now. Goodbye, everybody. I'm, I'm done. That, also, that. have you ever really seen the curvature of the Earth? I mean, think about it. No. Have you ever seen the curvature of the Earth? Have you ever really seen it? No, I don't, I don't care. And we all know the <laughs> And we all know the moon doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Uh, it's a hole in the tapestry that God puts over for the flat earth. Also, yeah. it's made of cheese, and a British man likes to eat it. Yes. Uh, and then just finally, I've, I'm watching Parks and Rec for the first time. Oh, So I'm working cool. my way through that. Uh, man. So, Did you yeah. start in the wow. second season like a smart person? Well, I, start, I was like, I'm going to do this real. I'm going to start with the first season. <laughs> that first season's not too bad. Well, it's, yeah. all, it's interesting because I think after the Mark character leaves, I really liked the Mark character, actually. <laughs> he was the one not cartoon character. <laughs> I actually, I think people should do it the way I did, which is start with the snake juice episode, like five seasons in, yeah. and then just watch it forward and then loop it and watch <laughs> mid-season one somewhere in there. And by then you're so lost and you're f- having fun. It's great. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, it's good. I like, I'm liking it a lot. I'm on, uh, I'm on, I started watching it like a week ago and I'm on season five. Wow. So, cool. so I'll probably be done with the series by the time I go back to, de- back to New York. Yeah. So, I but. think you're pretty cute. <laughs> I love Jean Ralphio. <laughs> ah, so good. Man. Um, but yeah, that's all I've been watching. I can't wait till Jean Ralphio plays Sonic. <laughs> 
I forgot it's a thing. <laughs> Jesus. I got my foot ran over by Alexis. Right, <laughs> right, Ryan, I've told you about the somebody who put that line over the Sp- Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's oh. just Spider-Man swinging to I got run over by Alexis. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite Let's things. Let's go out because I am flushed with cash. <laughs> Ja boy is a question on the bar exam because <laughs> he has two ankle monitors. <laughs> uh, yep, Sean Ralphio, Ben Schwartz. Yep, what'd you watch this week, Zach? Uh, a couple things. Uh, in order to get ready for our film of the week, I rewatched the original Mary Poppins. Uh, that thing still looks amazing and is amazing and all the things. Uh, mm-hmm. It's pretty fantastic. Um, I uh, yeah, there's not much to really report on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the Teen Titans Go movie. Um, yes, because I was in a kind of a failed attempt to catch up on stuff from this year that I missed. Um, but so this is the only one that I really sque- squeezed in. But uh, <laughs> so I'm not gonna say it's as good as Spider Verse in terms of quality, but I had as much fun with this as I did with Spider Verse. So that meant a lot. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this film. I had no idea other than Robin and Cyborg and Beast Boy, what the Teen Titans were. Um, so I going into it blank, I I had just as much fun as anybody who was probably a fan. Uh, that has my favorite Batman v Superman joke of all time where they're recreating the film. They bond over their mothers being named Martha, and they go, wait a minute, what's your father's name? And then they just start beating each other up again. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, Stan Lee's cameo made me laugh too damn hard because he just lunges. Well, it's the, actually, it's not the first one. It's the second one. He does a second cameo where he jumps in front of their car and goes like, I just realized I don't care if this is a DC movie. I love all cameos. And they have to shake him off the car. It's it's pretty fun. Um, and I liked the – I actually really liked the plot, uh, or the villain plot um, with uh, – uh, Slade and um, using the movie set to trick them. Uh, I thought that was pretty fun. Like, I mean, you could see it coming a mile away, but like, I kind of like the way they executed it. So, um, but yeah, and um, I, I also like how they keep trying to re uh, replay their theme song throughout the whole movie, and then they don't get to do it till the end. Um, but yeah, no, it was fun. Uh, you, uh, Rad and Ryan were right. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I. Uh, I watched a couple of uh, – I found some old Don Rickles specials um, where it's just him headlining a special on Amazon Prime. So I bought them for two bucks each and watched them, and they're pretty adorable funny. But the only reason they're not as fun as other things Don Rickles does is because he's not really allowed to curse or go into truly wacky directions. I think the funniest one, honestly, is making John Wayne become a stand-up comedian but wearing a mask so that no one will be able to identify him. Uh so it's kind of adorable, but not that much fun. So don't recommend that unless you're into old shit like I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, I like old movies. Yeah. No, but like it's just uh, – I, I don't know how to explain it. I'd have to show it to you. But, like, it, Not everything still works either because uh, it's, it's the 70s. Um, I watched The Mule, uh, the new Clint Eastwood joint. Um <laughs> 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 not sure he'd call it that himself but okay i don't really care um so um i have to finish this filmography thing up quick and i'm i'm really going at a snail's pace with it but i had to watch this one in the theater 
it's okay. It's not. I like Gran Torino more because I think Gran Torino's a lot more watchable. No, it's not that. It's not a matter of watchability. I, I, you know what it is? Is well like, made. So I. So with Gran Torino. Sure. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah yeah all all your ideas are valid, Goyce. A movie, <laughs> a movie. Um, the mules problem is unlike Gran Torino, like Gran Torino. Like I mean, like yes, there's problematic language, but I know I'm not supposed to like that character from the get go. Yeah. Whereas the mules problem is that he's kind of likable, but he's doing a very he, he doesn't like the arc doesn't suggest that this is a man that this is a man that you should like be despising what he's doing, even though the end treats it as such, like he's doing a pretty terrible thing for, yeah. for the, for the money and whatnot. And the only real regret he's feeling is for the personal mistakes he is in his life and not the fact that he's a drug runner. And like, and that's, I, I don't know. Cause by the very end, like it, it's, it, they kind of like don't really reconcile the fact that he doesn't understand he's paying for crimes. Like he's, He's more he's still selfish at the end. Yeah. So he doesn't learn anything, which I think would be which whereas Gran Torino, like, however loosely it's done, he learns something at the end. Yeah. Um I mean he's gotta die for it and then sing a song in heaven at the end, but yeah, he's he's learned something. That's not my uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Um but um <laughs> just wait till he dies and then years later you die and you go up there and he's there at the gate singing for you. <laughs> Um, but the mule's bigger problem though, outside of that, like the thing is, it is watchable and it's, and it actually is a good coda for him as a movie star, but dude, that motherfucker looks like he's about to tip over. It's scary. I felt bad. Like he, he's getting like, slow down. Like, I mean, like Carmel, where you used to be mayor sounds like a fun place to just go fish. I wish he'd go fish because it would seem like much more peaceful than this. Um, the movie though doesn't look too bad and Bradley Cooper's fine in it. Like it all makes it, it all feels like it's like slapdash together too much. And I want to watch it again before I write the final article to see if I still feel about it. But first reaction is I'm not, it's not going to make my top 10 spoiler alert. Neither will 1570 to Paris. Does it, does it feature a Pitbull cover of paint your wagon? No, it features a Toby Keith song, which was kind of as annoying. Um, I want Clint Eastwood to do a uh, cover of uh, Toto's Africa. Yeah. Toby Keith's. Africa. I just want a Time Life CD of Clint Eastwood singing things that annoy James. <laughs> um, uh, oh my God, are we still talking about the mule? No, we're done with the mule. Um, I, I mean, just like I've been spending so much time with that shit, though, dude. That like it's, it's almost frustrating. Like I'll be glad when I'm done. I need to just get it out of the way. Um, and then the last thing I watched um, was I went to go see Roma in a theater while it was still available to do that. Oh. Um, Alfonso Cuarón's new film, uh, shit's beautiful. I'm gonna watch it in, at home like it was intended, <laughs> <laughs> like the filmmaker Streamed. intended it. So here's the thing. That's not that's not a bad idea because it is an intimate character drama, but it's also shot almost like on a smallish 
epic scale. Like it would, it looks great in the theater or on the big screen. It's gonna look dope on my TV. That's <laughs> so. That sound design is very detailed, yeah. and it felt five point one, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with seeing it at home. What the fuck I, is the movie about, Zach? It's about a, two maids working. It's in, actually really fascinating. Um, it's about two maids working in um, an upper class Mexican family's house in the 1970s and sort of tequila farm. It is a it is a loose autobiography of, of Caron's of Caron's so, life. Like, he'll go see movies throughout the movie as well, and you'll. I, I've heard about one specifically where you go like, "Oh shit, he is gonna make that movie later." Um, it um, doesn't uh, take place in Italy. No, no. It's it's in Mexico. Uh, yeah. I actually don't know that anyone knows why it's called Roma. No. Do you know why it's called Roma? I don't know, but it, what I found interesting... You've seen it. I, no, I, I, didn't I don't look, think it's mixed. I, it doesn't... It, I, people it, as far as me that they don't know why it's called Roma. I, I, as far as I can tell, it doesn't make reference to it. Yeah. So, like, he I, likes tomatoes. Um, oh. So, this all seems so wrong. It's just the little uh, ones. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's a pretty fascinating character drama where she gets to... Uh, we get to see her experience working for these upper class people and also kind of living in her life like it's done in two languages technically it's spanish and mexitec which is like the yeah. indigenous language so it but it i mean since i don't understand either it like all falls within the same t text bracket so i'd imagine if i was multilingual this movie would be even more fucking brilliant than i already think it is um and it's incredible. The last 30 minutes of the film, like, ramp up at high speed in an interesting way. It almost reminds me of Children of Men, not in the terms of how the cinematography, like, does long shots, yeah. but just the intensity of it and how most of the stuff that is the most intense is happening in the background and the most important is the quietest and in the front. Mm. It juxtaposes in a very interesting fashion. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, like, I, the, <laughs> it, 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 it plays with you a lot visually um, like the opening credit sequence is a, a floor being soaked with water to be mopped that's like it, and it sounds pretentious but it's pretty mesmerizing i don't know just describe it so sure. yeah i would watch it if you've got access to it on any front um and then the last thing i watched was uh the last jedi i rewatched it today um i'm just gonna make the definitive statement on that film that movie's great that's it we don't have to argue about it anymore Ever. I don't think anyone in this podcast would. No, 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 would. not you. It's Just the best. internet. I'm talking to the internet, it's not you guys. The, the internet. It's the best Star Wars. Yes. Movie. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but it's a great movie. Ryan, what have you been watching? Uh, I didn't... Oh, you're still here. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Fuck. Um, no, I didn't watch too... I didn't watch anything actually new this week. My friend Brandon was in town, and cool. he... Um, it, growing up with him in high school, he saw my movie collection, and he's said, hey, we need to watch Repossessed. If you don't know what Repossessed is, it stars Leslie Nielsen and Linda Blair, and it's about her being repossessed by the devil. Mm -hmm. And it's really stupid, um, but it's stupid in a funny way. Mm. Um, Who it, directed that one? Uh, I don't know. Some guy who's never made another movie. The devil. Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because some of the jokes don't land very well, but when they do, they're really funny. Um, it's... It's a parody movie, so it, it hinges on how well the parody is. Um, some of it works really well. Um, my, my favorite bit in it is uh, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen plays Father May I, and he uh, he's originally the exorcist of Linda Blair. Linda Blair gets possessed by the devil again, and she goes sees another uh, father. 
and uh, she's explaining to the father what happened, and she said, um, "Father, the devil came out of the TV and into my soul." And the the, the dude who plays the priest looks at her and says, "Okay." <laughs> it's they he says it like it's stupid. It's a pretty lame movie, but it's one of the ones we really like growing up. Um, one of the movies that I think is one of the best parodies ever, and it doesn't get a lot of recognition. It's uh, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1 that stars Emilio Estevez and Samuel L. Jackson. And it's just making fun of Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, and it's just really lame, but it's really funny. Uh, tons of celebrity cameos in it. Um, the cops in it are really stupid. They think every murder is a suicide. Um, Whoopi Goldberg is killed at the beginning. And um, so I don't know if any of you guys remember Dr. Uh, Joyce. <laughs> and so she's like the pathologist on scene. And um, Samuel L. Jackson comes down and says, what happened here? And she said, uh, oh, this Liz, this chicken shit loser took the, no, this loser took the chicken shit way out and punched her own ticket. <laughs> and uh, so I just said, hey, we used to be partners. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he, he rolls over Whoopi Goldberg and she has like this gaping look on her face and he says, huh, must've caught herself by surprise. It's so stupid. <laughs> and, uh, there'll be parts where like his partner walks up to him and he'll say, Hey Sarge, I don't know what's going on, but I have this dry itchy scalp. He's like, have you tried this Irv? And he pulls out a head and shoulders like <laughs> bottle. And he says, but Sarge, you don't have dandruff. I know <laughs> <laughs> it's totally stupid. Um, one of my favorite, so I'm always a big fan of a joke happening and then it pays off a lot later in this film. Lynn Shay is uh, giving this description of this guy who assaulted her to a police artist. And she's like, she's saying, Oh no, bigger lips. And they cut to the, the artist and it's a potato head and it has these really big ears and these like <laughs> wax lips. And about 30 minutes later, um, Emilio Esvez and Samuel L. Jackson are arguing with Charlie Sheen, who's a valet. And this guy goes in the background who has a potato head, and he goes, no, no, don't take me. They'll fry me. It's just so stupid, but it's brilliant. And uh, the captain who's in Last Action Hero is the captain in this one, and all he does is yell the whole time like he does in Last Action Hero. And um, <laughs> Samuel Jackson says, man... She's onto this conspiracy. I think that's what got her killed. And he says, you don't think it was the bullets? <laughs> it's brilliant. William Shatner's in it. Um, Dennis Leary. Uh, yeah, it's really funny. You should check it out. Cool. <laughs> it's a lethal weapon one. Uh, we watched The Wedding Singer, which is one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies. Um, he's really good in it. Sweet movie. They put it on Blu-ray, right? Yeah. Oh, I have to go get it done. Yeah, it's good. I think you get it for like five bucks now. I just haven't re I haven't watched it in years. Yeah, it's really fun. In it, Adam Sandler plays a wedding singer who gets stumped on his wedding day. And then um, he works with Drew Barrymore, who's about to marry a douchebag. And they fall in love. And, um, yeah, that's the wedding singer. It's a really cute movie. Uh, we also watched Tommy Boy, which is really funny. <laughs> I haven't seen that in forever. Um, you know, and you forget little moments in those kind of films and it makes you sad that, you know, Chris Farley died 21 years ago, but you know, there's this line at the end where, um, Rob Lowe gets ratted out as behind the mastermind behind trying to steal money out of, uh, the Callahan auto factory. And after Tommy exposes him, he just runs out of the boardroom and, uh, Chris Farley goes chasing after him. It's like, Hey, you forgot your wife. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Um, the movie's great. Uh, you can see why it's, you know, a cult favorite. 
And uh, the last thing I watched is I've been uh, binging Designated Survivor. Um, just because I, I don't know, I felt like watching Kiefer Sutherland movie. And I watched a, a show. I watched a couple of the episodes. And now they're all available on Netflix. So I'm like, yeah, why not? Um, it's okay. Um, I need it. Like, I need it. I, I, I need. I, no, I, I need it to be. I need it I need more it like sinister, where it's a little kind of cheesy. Um, oh, gotcha. When every episode is so, the first episode, the Capitol building explodes, and this the premise of the film is he's picked as a designated survivor, so a cabinet member is locked away yeah. in case something happens. So the Capitol explodes. Kills everybody except for Kiefer Sutherland and uh, Virginia Madsen, who plays um, the only congressperson still alive. Ooh. And so Kiefer has to be a president. And it, so it's just going through what it's like to be the president. But every episode, there's like another attempt on his life or there's, you know, uh, a biological terrorism thing when people try to go to the booths. It's, I feel like, you know, there would be enough just practical problems. yeah. Like <laughs> everything is like a huge conspiracy because whoever did it succeeded. Yeah. So, you know, I'm there's just a lot of paperwork to do now. Let me see where it goes because the dude who they set up as the villain died halfway through the first season. Uh, oh, spoilers. <laughs> so he dies halfway through the first season. And uh, so I'm interested to see where it goes. I think I'm like on episode 11. Okay. Like it's a, I mean, it's really well made and all the actors are really good at it, but yeah. it's still kind of cheesy because now Jack Bauer has to be the president. I know. It'd be way better because he it, can't he's, go on missions. I know he like he played like he was really good in it, but I keep on waiting for like a Jack Bauer moment. Um, and he has it, but he has to be like political Jack Bauer, where Jack Bauer would just you know cut someone's insides out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I miss that part, um, but it's still it's on Netflix and you can stream it. So it's, I mean, everybody has Netflix, so it doesn't really hurt. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Cool. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Mary Poppins Returns. Brad. Should people see Mary Poppins Returns? Um, yeah, it's a charming film. Um, I enjoyed it enough. Um, I it's really creative visually, um, but I just it, it it's a good starting point for like a new franchise. The, the story didn't like grab me because it's 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 a sequel, but it, it's kind of. This, I haven't seen the uh, original Mary Poppins in a very long time, but I felt like this was the same story, uh, just you know, role reversal in some places. Um, and uh, the songs, the first song, the songs are fine, but the first song feels like the template for every other song in the movie. And the and I got home and I uh, realized that I think the first song is actually like a slightly different version of uh, Spoonful of Sugar. Uh, oh, kind of the same. Are you talking about the the bathtub song? Yeah, the can you imagine okay. that? So not the actual intro song, okay. right? Yeah, the can yeah. you imagine that song? Uh, yeah, like it felt like I was. It, it was like the Deadpool joke, where it's like, "Do you want to build a snow, snowman?" It felt like the spoonful of sugar, sure, uh, thing. So I, I think it's a fun, it's good enough, and yeah, Emily Blunt's great. Uh, I hope she gets to keep making more Mary Poppins movies because she's that good. Um, and uh, yeah, Zach, should people see Mary Poppins Returns? Yeah, let's go see the Chim Chimney Awakens. Um, no, I love the film. Uh, I was worried about it. Um, not, I guess like honoring the original film because I wouldn't blame it for ignoring it because it is a 50 year old movie. Um, but, uh, I, I'm amazed that it honors the tradition of it while kind of laying some new groundwork. Um, I love the songs. 
Where the Lost Things Go is one of my new favorite songs to think about. Um, the animation sequence in it is fantastic. Um, whether it's um, with uh, Can You Imagine That or the uh, um, the book song, um, the b- cover book song. Yeah. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda is fantastic. I, I understand now why people want to see a Hamilton show. Um, <coughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I think if there, there was only one problem with it, is it felt too short. I kind of wanted a little more because some things felt rushed. But other than that, can't complain. Please go see it. It's fantastic. James? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's really great. I, I would agree with Brad that I think it does retread some of, some ground. But I think that that's intentional because it's a 50-year-old film. Like, they're, mm-hmm. you know, I think most people are going to have that thing of like, oh, I, what, I don't even remember the last Mary Poppins, right? So so they they pay homage and, and tell that a similar story but you know um updated from a slightly different angle because it's not just it, it isn't the same story because it's not parents ignoring their kids because they're busy um but it is the same story in that the the people she's here to save she's trying to help them remember to have fun and and you know that um and also save them from this problem they have mm-hmm. um and and yeah, I think the music's great. I think, I mean, I, I as you're watching it, I, I think, at least for me, you know, you're you're watching a song and dance movie and you haven't seen that in such a long time that you're like, oh, this is just so much fun. Um, and not in the way that, like, a La La Land was. Like, this is just genuinely the most quintessential Disney film <laughs> that could possibly be. Um, you know, there's there's a blend between, like, modern CG animation sections and then hand-drawn animation sections that are great. Uh, it's it's hard to not to imagine somebody not being that entertained by it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's great. I also would mimic. I, I hope that they make more of them. Um, and I would certainly hope that as they do it, they do make them a bit more complex in what they're you know, um, maybe what the lesson is. Um, but at the same time, I I think it's it's wonderful. Uh, the music is great. So yeah, people should go see it. Henry. So I've never seen Mary Poppins. Oh my. I also had no idea what Mary Poppins was. I never really looked into it. Ah. So when she comes out of the clouds, I was like, what the fuck is this film? <laughs> <laughs> you had a fun experience. I did not know, didn't know magic was going to be part of this movie. Burn the witch. Um, so that being said, I, feel like I enjoyed it a lot. I feel like I enjoyed it as much as someone who has no connection to this franchise could like it. Okay. I feel like if I, if I was more connected to the characters, I would have liked it more. Sure. But I was like, boy. Is that a reference or is this like a fun thing? Like, so, I don't know if this is fun or a reference. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Check it out. Maybe watch the first one. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, Do you feel like you knew what was going on? No. <laughs> wow. Okay. Interesting. Huh. Uh, movies like this for me are really hard. It's like a Spider-Man film um, uh. because I love Mary Poppins. I love Julie Andrews. Um, and we've already documented my love for Emily Blunt. Uh, so combining things that I love into another thing that I love and Disney and Disney, yeah. it's it's really hard for me to be not biased. But I love this movie. I um, I'll talk about it more when we review it. But uh, everything about this movie sung to my like child heart um, because uh, James alluded to it. they don't making a a musical. They've made them, but they don't make them like this where. It's, uh, you know, they're going to take a bath and it's just about whimsy and having fun and 
It has really nothing to, to do anything about advancing the story. Um, I would I would argue with this, which is that I always fight against musicals where the songs don't actually no, relate to the and here it every does. song it does is where the characters are going. Yeah, it does. Uh, what I mean is, it's that song isn't part of the arc of the story where it's it, or her sure. it's her introduction to the kids yes mm-hmm. and yeah. of what she can the possibilities that they can she can open for them yeah and that they can trust her it's individualized uh, ideas well, but it's also song, it's yeah. also her teaching them well anyway yeah we'll anyways uh, here's a trailer for mary poppins returns i honestly can't remember why we kept most of this stuff to begin with don't you remember that kite we used to love flying that with mother and father. Those days are long behind me. That's why I live and breathe. I was flying the kite and it got caught on a nanny. Mary. Poppins, who came back? You seem hardly to have aged at all. Really? One never discusses a woman's age, Michael. Would have hoped I taught you better. What brings you here after all this time? Same thing that brought me the first time. I've come to look after the bank's children. Us? Oh, yes, you too. We're about to lose our home. Everything's fallen to pieces since your mother... Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. It's a good thing you come along when you did, Mary Poppins. How'd you do that? Do what? You've been off filling the children's heads with stuff and nonsense. You've forgotten what it's like to be a child. Everything is possible. Even the impossible. It's also her teaching, them, <laughs> uh, teaching them to use their imagination yes, again, which is yes, what they've lost. Because yes. when she meets those kids, they've had to grow up so much in a year, right? And even they yeah. say it, and she's like, "That's a shame. Let me fix that." Um, you know, because being a Mary Poppins fan, you know, she only comes down when she's needed most. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go full disclosure. I was such a baby in this movie. I um, <laughs> so I go in and you know, Man, where's my popcorn? <laughs> yeah. That's what I was like. You know, you see uh, Lynn Manuel, who's amazing, at, and he's you know uh, telling you he's that setting song is really pretty. He's setting mm-hmm. this and, the mood. What he's telling you is going to happen is really beautiful. Yeah, I. So you know they're setting up the Banks kids and uh, what's going on with the other Banks' children, 
And I'm I'm not I started crying when Emily Blunt came down as Mary Poppins. Right. <laughs> and I'm I'm just sitting there. I'm going and I'm watching it, and I can feel like tears coming down. I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> oh it's, no, I had the same experience as which is why it's really funny that Henry's like, what the fuck? And we're both like, oh, oh, she's gonna come save the kids. Because in my heart, I'm like, I'm like, oh, Mary Poppins is here. Oh my god, it's Emily Blunt, <laughs> and I, it's just the her. Reveal to me is, I don't know, it got me emotional and I was emotional the rest of the film. Um, so her singing with the dolphins and going through the under thing, I was sucked in right away. Um, the story is, uh, the little, uh, Banks's children, uh, they lost their mother and they're about to lose their house because of a loan, um, that he took out because he couldn't pay for it. And the lawyers show up, and there's a one really nice lawyer, and then the one, you know, lawyer who's like the character lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah. Um, Bumbling lawyer. Yeah, it's uh, – the, the whole film is just I, – I can't even put into words um, Actually, how I felt watching it. It's funny because, like, Ben Wishaw? Who, Paddington. Yeah, Paddington. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I refer to this one as Paddington solves the housing crisis. <laughs> um, but uh, Ben Wishaw's opening number in the attic. Um, oh yeah, that's where I started crying. So I got in even earlier on the tear action. Um, yeah. But it's just, and I mean, the I liked the kite. Like it's the one moment where I could say maybe there's too much nostalgia there. But I'm like, no, it's important. Shut up, Zach. Enjoy the movie, and. Just, yes, Zach. Yeah, I, I do that to myself inside the theater a lot. I'll smack myself around. Um, but also just everything kind of parallel. Like, I love that. Like, they're almost like they haven't quite become their parents, but they kind of have like Jane's got like an activist thing going with the with the labor mm -hmm. crisis um, mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. Like, everything kind of aligns perfectly in a way of like that idea of like you don't you say you're never going to become your parents and then you become your fucking parents. And so I kind of enjoyed that little aspect of it. And and Emily Blunt is so good in this Ooh, movie. Take yeah. away how much I like her. <laughs> she's so good. She's really good Mary Poppins. And she's different. She's not the Julie Andrews Mary Poppins. Uh, there's a hint of her in it, but she does make it her own. I think the costumes in this film are amazing. Mm -hmm. um, the I think the centerpiece of uh, Light, uh, Light of Fantastic mm -hmm. is oh, yeah. stunning. Um, when he's you know, take him through London and then they do that huge dance number and it's amazing uh, with all the little uh, lampies or what do they call them? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I call them lampies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all the lamp lighter guys. That yeah. That's a sequence that like, like, so I rewatching the first one this week. Like it, it captures not quite in the same silhouetted fashion with the chimney sweeps, but like, it's a dead-on impression for that style, but Rob Marshall, who and he's done this in Chicago and other things before, with the visual. <laughs> shut up! With the visual style, is hitting like dark edge, dark edge shadow on top of very like bright expressionistic yeah. colors, and he does that scene very well to the point where it stands out on its own for the movie they're making while paying a subtle homage. Yeah, and it's like it's it's neat to watch it because you don't. I don't see it often, and when I do, I get I get excited about that. It was funny when that when that sequence started. Like right before that, I thought to myself, "Like man, this is really good." Lin Manuel Miranda is just not Dick Van Dyke though. And then the dance sequence happened, and I was like, "Okay, cool. This is yeah. not Dick Van Dyke for the record." But you did a good job. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you got some BX BX uh, BMX biker guys in there to dance with a bike. 
Mm. That was fun. And, you know, there's uh, moments, too, where Emily Blunt is so good. She, there, there's a part where they uh, all going to ride on uh, Jack's bike. Right. And, the, and the little boy asks, well, how much do you weigh, Mary? And she gives this look. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I so I then I cried again where the lost things go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I was, oh, my gosh, this freaking thing. And then they said, oh, no, look, it was real because Mary's scarf is on the, the wheel. I cried again. And then, well, and uh, uh, a cover is not a book is great. Oh, that whole sequence is, yep. is wonderful. And the rap, not great. No idea what the fuck he's saying. Yeah, but everything like, else, it's great. in there because he's in there. Yeah. Exactly. Well, like, like, hey, you, you like, saw Hamilton. So. If you don't like that, you're not gonna like Hamilton. That's all yeah. Hamilton. Hey, guess what? <laughs> not gonna like Hamilton. You're not missing much. I've seen it. It's not that great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was I gonna say? You fuckers. Um, uh, uh, book and then the, the thing is real. Yeah. And then, um, then I cried again. Um, yeah, I will. I, I cried again when Dick Van Dyke shows up. Oh my god! Um, just because, but he's not going to dance, right? He's too old to yeah. dance. Because I, I, I read uh, an interview with uh, Lin Manuel and Emily Blunt, and they talked about. So if you watch the film, he just jumps up on the desk. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to help him up, <gasps> and Dick Van Dyke's like, "I got this," and uh, he went up and did his penguin dance, and. Um, that's cool. Yeah, uh, it's Man. a soft shoe, ninety-year-old vaudevillian getting up and dancing I think on he's a table. Ninety-five. Yeah, ninety-five. Oh. Even he—that was the most spectacular cinematic experience I've seen this year. It was so good. I so it was so, pleasant. so here's I, I only have two real issues with this film. You fucking other piece than of shit. Time. Okay, one. I think Colin Firth's bad guy plot is a little too bad guy-y, whereas in the original oh, film, it's more about just like they just happen to be bankers and they just happen to be shitty capitalists. Well, but yeah. <laughs> the, the other one is so Dick Van Dyke is credited on all the posters and stuff like we've seen it in the advertisements. He's in the trailers and stuff. Right. One of the most beautiful homages to this film happens in the credits. When they get to Dick Van Dyke's credit, they did the same shuffling of letters as in the first one. And so I was almost like, oh, I would have like probably had an even like more heart pounding experience that they hadn't had told me he was going to be in it, yeah. and then they did that same thing. I, I don't know. One of those things like you, you, knew you knew it was it. Com- like if you if you've seen Mary Poppins the original, yeah, to, yeah you know he's the get, banker. Yeah, you're like okay, if that banker comes back, what's great here is he plays the banker but without any makeup. He yes. plays. The, <laughs> he play, yeah, and he's the son of the first banker, which is no, actually, no, isn't Colin Firth? No, 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 no. The, the, the Colin Firth is the nephew yeah. of the son of the banker from the first one. Oh, I thought he was just playing so, the same banker. No, no, no. It's the son of that banker from the first one. Oh, okay. So, yeah. oh, I guess um, that makes that would no. make sense. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's the, so the because so, it's been like yeah because it's because it, yeah it's 40 been forty years yeah so years. so that oh, forty years how are no and keep no, and keep in mind that years. first bank Those kids are not forty they did years old forty year old uh, DVD release and you've got to keep in mind no no, no I, we know the movie's forty years old I mean the how much older are the kids in this one than they are in the first they Mary look Poppins. like they're in their mid thirties but that first banker so dies at the end of the first Mary Poppins because he died after hearing a good joke. Oh, and that the one who hires George to be the partner. That's who Dick Van Dyke's playing. Okay, you might be right. Outside of perspective, this is a film where a dolphin appears in a bathtub. I don't know if the logistics of who would inherit the job title of banker really matters. <laughs> you know what? Fair. This must Fair be how fair. this must help be how some people feel about Star Wars, and then you hear the one person going, "I like space lasers." Right. <laughs> 
Luke Skywalker would never do that. I like the pew pew. <laughs> uh, anyway, Dick Van Dyke's in it, and that's great. Yep. Uh, the whole fight last song with the clouds is. Great. Yep. Angela Lansbury is great Angela in it. Angela Lansbury is great. I like how Colin Firth tries to go up with a balloon and he can't go up and it just I goes limp. I wanted him to. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. Screw him. <laughs> he was trying to take away their house. That's true. Fucking Colin Firth. But also, just may I miss it? Why did he want that house in particular? He wants all the houses. He just, just wants just to all make the houses. Money. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's, right. just, he's evil he's, banker guy. He's yeah. an evil banker taking <laughs> advantage wolf. of people during the depression. He already took the Oscar and now he wants the houses, man. Like yeah. this is how greed works. Yeah. The 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 first the original film was you know a very communist film in its time about not necessarily <laughs> trusting the banks, um, and so that's that's still there. Don't so trust, that's that's don't why I never saw it. Yeah. I only watch good old ca- old fashioned capitalistic films. Yeah, like uh, like uh, isn't uh, it's a wonderful life? Yeah, yeah, capitalism. Ha, right. See, I got you. It's the same <laughs> fucking movie. Wait, no. <laughs> Uh, no one's mentioned the Meryl Streep segment yet. I was going to say, oh, Meryl Streep's great. Yeah. I love that part. It's, I was actually going to say, I, I'm, I wasn't sure why that sequence was part of the plot, but... Because it's like the oh. Ed Wynn part in the first one. You need a funny relative of Mary's to do a funny song. Well, but all, No, no, but it's also like, that's one of my favorite things about this one is that near the end, the kids start using the things yeah. that she has yeah. taught them. And so like near the end, I can't remember what the line is, but there's specifically one where like... You know, and it's from that section, but um, they they start saying lines that are specifically lines Mary Poppins says earlier in the movie yeah. of her, like of them actually learning the lessons. Um, and one of them is that one um, about you know Topsy not not dirty. waiting till tomorrow. No, no, it was about not waiting till tomorrow. And so seeing from a new perspective. Yeah. So both about yes, the perspective thing, and then also about you know not waiting till tomorrow to do something. You know, just because there's a problem today. Also, one of the coolest didn't think they were going to recall this character fucking david warner plays admiral boom admiral boom's still a fucking live and he's blowing that cannon up the top of the house and it's david warner and i fucking love it yeah oh my god this this when and i didn't (laughs) i felt stupid when they turned back time (laughs) (laughs) you can stop there because i was like i should have seen that coming and it was so pleasant <laughs> no, it'd be better if Sheriff showed up. If I could turn back time, just kidding. And no one else knows if I could turn back. Oh, time. Yeah, I, I know, know I could. I know. She, I know she straddles show. a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess in a couple days we're gonna see Aquaman. My man. <laughs> I wonder how many times in the movie he goes. Woo! Yeah, I don't remember it that much. I'm gonna guess four. I'm going to guess there's four. There's Red plenty of other right? distracting things going on. <laughs> <laughs> like his abs. I was just looking. Let me Hold on. Let me pull it again so I don't say it wrong. Real nerds came to see my movie. No. I'll take it. Uh, 93%. Bumblebee has a 93% right now. Yeah. I believe it. Brad, is it really good? Is it the is it the Transformer movie I've been waiting for? It's the best Transformer movie ever made. Bless <laughs> me. What? Bless me. Bless me. All the other films Blast are great. Me. <laughs> I, I I was fine with the first. The, the nine, first one's really good. The 2007 one, but this one is just. You see, you haven't analyzed it like I have but to see how the Transformers are really about the Josh Duhamel character and how Josh Duhamel is <laughs> <was> evolution. <laughs> oh, I, yes. Well, okay. Actually, Henry has one good point. In Bumblebee, do they ever see the, say the line "Bring the rain"? 
No. <laughs> not the best not the best Transformers movie. Not the best Transformers movie. I think it rains in the movie. Is that fine? Uh, but Did somebody bring it? Does anyone, if the, if the rain brought, if the rain doesn't get brought, I mean, for all I know, Optimus movie. Prime set off a weather machine and the rain. Geostorm machine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, shit! I don't want to say too much because we might review it. But I'm, I'm seeing go. it tomorrow with Callan. He really wants to see it. Yeah, I want to go. Uh, it's 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 this wonderful like '80s pill, nostalgia pill that I'm just like God from the get go. Like oh, I'm gonna love this movie. I I see. Traditionally, I see shitty movies with Rafe, and he's in Trinidad right now. So I'm like, oh, I'll wait till you come back because he really wants to see it. But God damn it. Okay, maybe I'll make him go see Aquaman next week, and we'll all go see Bumblebee instead. Oh, you yep. can make him go see Mortal Engines. No, 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 no. So, Aquaman will be just fine. I'll tell you a funny story. When I went and saw Mary Poppins, I went at the Arvada one because I took Brandon to the airport, so I'm coming back this way. So I went to the Arvada movie theater, and there's like a line, and I'm like, oh, fuck. It's like 10 minutes before the movie starts. Is this movie going to be sold out? Everybody in front of me bought tickets to Mortal Engines. Wow. Really? They're the entire box office. I know. My movie theater of Mary Poppins only had like 20 people in it. Man. Yeah, mine was pretty low attended too. Mine was pretty full. I saw it on yeah. Friday. I, it's Christmas. so the It's always, you know, people are seeing movies at weird times. Yep. I will say, by the way, like I've only been to a few Dolby Atmos things. I think the last thing I did was American Made, that Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. Yes. Watch, watch Mary Poppins and Dolby Atmos if you can. It sounds beautiful there. It's pretty awesome. The floor vibrates when Admiral Boom's cannon goes off. It's pretty <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, have I mentioned how awesome Emily Blunt is? You I know, love that one more time. She's great. If she yeah. if she could win an Oscar for the playing the same role that Julie Andrews did, I'd fucking love it. <laughs> now, this would like definitely top my top ten list if Mary Poppins at some point they cut and she was like slightly across the room doing a half push up. <laughs> then I'd be like, Oh fuck. <laughs> I think she Man. screwed up her chances for Oscar because she has to compete against herself in a quiet place. That is true. So oh. she's going to cancel oh. herself out. Oh, and uh, then they no, could turn Big Ben back and turn back time and then get trapped in a loop and fight the bankers and they have to keep doing it over. Keep going, it'll pay off. And over again. <laughs> for those listening at home, James is making a reference to Live, Die, Repeat or Age of Tomorrow. Uh, uh, we call it "All You Need Is Kill." Yes. Um, well, I think I think her Mary Poppins performance will is more digestible for Academy voters. So no, yeah, yeah but it doesn't matter. She's not going to win for either of those. I know. They're going to give it to She's... fucking Nicole Kidman for Destroyer or some shit. No, it's going to Emily Blunt for Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> I heard they say when you get nominated twice, you cancel yourself out. So she's going to win. She'll... I, I heard you enter the nominated. third dimension. Like just hard, like the the like. Just Quit ruining my dreams of Emily Blunt having a great night at the Oscars. You know what? I don't think she'll win for this you, year, but I think she'll win eventually. You know what's more entertaining than? Scratch that. I'll know than, she'll win eventually. The Oscars. What? Literally anything she was in this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna disagree. That is very with you. actually. That's very true. Uh, yep. So we'll see you uh, in a few days for uh, underneath the Seven Kingdom Sea. Aquaman reference that I don't know. <laughs> My man! And then it's Film Explosion. <laughs> yeah, then Film Explosion. So start sending us yeah. your lists. Yeah. yeah. Coming up fast. Coming up fast. We'll be coming around. Send us your Film Explosion. We'll dig it.
Saturday, right? When people yeah. are available, I guess. Yeah, it's going to have to be in the morning, so Saturday right. would be best. Or, yeah, Because, yeah. I mean, I don't work Friday, but I know you guys work Fridays. Yeah. Saturday would be great. Yeah, um, Saturday, Saturday, any time of the day would be great. Yeah. Don't care what. Yep. Start early. Yeah. I don't care. I will start at 8 a.m. if that's what we need. I already have my list. <laughs> Wait. Is it going to change? I don't know. I don't know. You haven't seen Bumblebee yet. That I'm is true. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Neighborless Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Drafthouse in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.